good morning, or good afternoon, or happy witching hour, or whenever you are cranking up this episode 23 of Shaggin' Flies. This time, we are coming to you with a tumultuously entertaining two-and-a-half-hour jam with Drew Silva of NBC Sports Edge, who joined us last week to tell us all about sports in the great city of St. Louis. Uh... He ranked Drake and Radiohead albums for us, also drew out the fact that Scorpion is Ben's favorite Drake album, which we'll get to that some other time. Uh, he joined me in extolling the Chicago-style hot dog, which is a very worthy cause. He dropped some great writing tips and just in general provided tons of great all-around conversation. Uh, it's a whole lot of talking, so... Without further ado, here is episode 23 of Shag and Flies with Drew Silva. welcome you thank you for being here and for doing the show it's really exciting to have you and it is especially exciting for me because and i did this uh at the start of dj's episode and i'm doing it now because it's also true for you uh which is about 10 years ago 11 years ago i started playing fantasy sports for the first time i did i was in college and i started doing fantasy football uh because some friends were like let's do it and I dove like head first. I was all into it. I loved it. And the very first site that I went to consistently was Roto World. And the first two people I read consistently were you and DJ. DJ was doing, I think he was doing waiver wired at the time for mm-hmm. the most part. And I mean, I read everything you guys did as gospel. And, uh, I even I even went so far as to like email you guys sometimes. This is like, you know, stupid little thing like, oh, should I start Ben Roethlisberger this week? You know, just start sit stuff that I'm sure you get inundated with in your DMs. I, I know I do, which is fine. I've never I I've mentioned this before. I'm never complaining about it. The fact that anybody wants my advice on anything fantasy related is still stunning to me. Um Mostly because I'm still like startlingly bad at fantasy baseball. <laughs> um, but how's our, how did our team end up doing this year? Man? Oh, in our podcast team. league. Well, yeah. we kind of stopped paying attention because it was a weekly points league, and I I just I don't like I I don't like weekly leagues. I get really I don't know. I started losing interest. But anyways, the point of all this is to say I when whenever I would email you and I would email DJ, you guys always responded. And I'm sure, you know, it was just like ugh, another guy who wants to know which wide receiver to start in his flex spot. And I will tell you that whenever I got an email back from you guys as as a guy who was like just starting to play fantasy, it was super cool. I was like, oh, my God, they're like responding to me and like offering me advice. And it was like the most exciting thing. So I just wanted to, uh, to mention that and just say, like, it's really cool to be able to talk to you. This is really fun. It's yeah. really neat. When I first started, I definitely I responded to anything that came my way over Twitter or over email. I don't really do that as much. Just there's more of it, I guess. And I, I just Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've also kind of come to uh, the feeling where like the whole idea of playing fantasy sports is like you're making your own decisions for your own team and 
like I, I, I don't, I wouldn't really seek out other people's opinion. Maybe I would like take a poll of certain people if I could. Um, but I, your, your own decisions are what should like make it fun. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, especially during like the springtime, like in the lead up to draft season, I, I usually respond to people. It, it feels like it's kind of part of the job, even though it's not really included in like the yeah. requirements of it. No, I, I agree. That's why I always go out of my way to make sure anybody who ever DMs me or whatever and asks for fantasy advice, I'll always respond uh, when I can. Cause, and mostly, and honestly, I think a lot of that is because of the sort of the example that I think was set by, by you and DJ when I was first starting was, you know, you guys never were like this, whatever, you know, because, because as it, you know, I, it's funny because now that I am a fantasy writer and I have talked to a, you know, a lot of fantasy writers and know a lot of these people, I'm just kind of like, yeah, they're just, you know, they're like just people who are just doing a, a gig and it's their job and, and that's it. Like it's nothing, you know, they're, but when I was first starting out, I was like, oh, these are the, the guys. <laughs> these are the, the experts. These are, you know, you, they, I, they were, they were just on this pedestal. I'm just like, you know, all, you know, and so now you're here I, to firmly. And now, now, now all these years later. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're, yeah. yeah we're going to take you off that pedestal. So yeah. first question, we found some emails that you sent. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to make oh, an email joke when God. you saw that. I was like, I need to go look back and delete some stuff. <laughs> Name someone who's not having a good weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You guys heard that re- referencing uh, John Gruden, of course, yes. uh, you guys heard he's resigning, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, You're a Ravens fan, right, Ben? I am a Ravens fan, which is why I have notifications off on my phone right now because I started. I watched the first like quarter or so of the Ravens Colts game, and it was not looking great. Oh, I need Ravens uh, to win by one to finish off a, a teaser, a really nice teaser that I got through Sunday with, but it's not looking good. Yeah, it's you know what's funny is so I don't know if you saw the beginning of the game. They tried to like. ESPN was trying to pitch this game. They had this, like, I guess, sketch almost of like a guy in a Colts jersey and a Ravens hat standing in Baltimore. And he's just like, we know, you know, there's a lot of bad blood because the Colts were, you know, abandoned Baltimore in 1984. But it's all love, man. We all come from the same place. And I'm like, no, it is not. <laughs> like, it is very much not all love. It's. You talk to anyone who was a Colts fan in 1984 when they were sold off like they were a Wendy's franchise in the middle of the night, and they like people were hurt, man. Like my dad quit football entirely. He was a lifelong Colts fan, quit football entirely until the Ravens showed up in '95. Like you know I just, I just funny. learned about that whole thing that I thought was really, really interesting was that the middle of the night move, and you probably would know more about it than me. So if I'm somehow misinformed, let me know. But like the middle of the night moved happened basically because the team, like the governor of Maryland, was about to basically claim the team via eminent domain and prevent them from leaving. Like if they had literally stayed within the state of Maryland, 
the team would have been seized and put under control of, of the state to some extent. So that is always just like given what the dynamic is between teams and municipalities these days with like stadiums and all that and how those battles go, that would have been such a fascinating precedent to set. If it's like, no, <laughs> you're not you, if you're not here for the good of the people in the city, if you're not trying to, then we are going to take that shit from you. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I've also uh, read a lot more about the Browns and Ravens yeah. thing recently because I, I'm, a, I'm, I was a St. Louis Rams fan. Um, and I, I got, I, maybe you guys haven't heard about this lawsuit that's going through like St. Louis court right now. No. Um, it's not like really a national story. Uh, pro football talk has covered it a bunch and it's starting to gain some traction, but so man, I, I'm going to, I'm going to screw up, um, regurgitating what's, what's happening, but <laughs> essentially, yeah, like Stan Kroenke, the owner of the LA Rams, also the owner of Arsenal, which I don't know why I have that scarf back there because i hate donkey um my little brother lived near the stadium and got it for me it's sentimental more than anything but uh so they left st louis um and lied on their way out saying that oh stan just bought this huge plot of land in inglewood california and it had nothing to do with building a football stadium it was like stan buys a lots lots of land like he's part of the the walmart family uh he married into it i should should say um, so it's his hobby. He just buys yeah. lots. He sees a lot. He likes. He buys it. This is, <laughs> that, that happens to be perfect for a football stadium, <laughs> right? Um, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, he he has the the team president or like team spokesperson Kevin Demoff go on all these radio stations and say, "Oh yeah, we're not moving the Rams up until the like the day that they actually finally move." And you know, the GM of the team, like you know, I have friends that know his wife and they had already planned to move to LA like a year before they had already bought a house out there. And like, there's just so much griminess to the way they moved. And um, the St. Louis law firm has advanced this case and advanced this case to the point where it's going to go to trial. And um, the court has asked for discovery of Roger Goodell's documents, financial documents, possibly emails too. That could be interesting. Um, <laughs> Jerry Jones, who like kind of expedited the move through his company legends, which like puts together corporate sponsorships and sweet sales for Cronky's new stadium in LA. And then obviously Cronky too, and some other owners. And um, so that could get pretty wild. And, and I- I'm interested in it because they're, they're projecting and you guys can stop me if this is not what you want to talk about. No, 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 no. Go. I'm, I'm, I had never, I had not heard of this at no, all. Me neither. Yeah. I, I, and I get why it's only like a St. Louis centric story. Cause to a lot of people, they're probably like, yeah, the Rams belong in LA. That's kind of where they started. So they, they deserve to be back there. It's the second biggest, you know, city in our country. But, um, yeah, so it, it has advanced to the point where it's going to trial and there's talk now, is there going to be a settlement? But these lawyers um, who aren't involved in the case but are just looking at it as, you know, from outside, say that the valuation that they could get on a judgment is like 10 to $12 billion. And so if the NFL knows that that number could be coming, if they go to trial, which will take place in St. Louis with a St. Louis jury, mm-hmm. um, they're going to want to settle it, obviously. And before you know, people can look into their documents legally. They're going to want to sell it. And so um, there's talk that like the NFL might award St. Louis a franchise and build them a stadium. um, Oh, wow. Which is a weird turn of events, but that's kind of how, that's kind of how the the second iteration of the Browns happened, right? Like in, yeah, is where like they, the NFL realized they kind of, or the, that owner screwed over the city of Cleveland 
um, and kind of just awarded them a new franchise that would still take on the old Browns. So I, I've been reading into it just as I want an NFL team here. I also kind of hate the league. Um, but again, I obviously bet on it every Sunday and, <laughs> and Monday. That's super, yeah. super interesting. And like, yeah. no, I, I don't think that's like a silly thing to just be like a St. Louis thing at all. I'm firmly of the belief that teams and like organizations as like multi-million billion dollar entities do have like some kind of obligation to the communities that they occupy and the communities that they are now, you know, sucking lots of money out of and trying to stick up for stadium deals. I think there's... Yep. And that's kind of, yeah, that's the point of sort of the lawsuit is like the NFL's own guidelines say that you have to give the former city every opportunity to, you know, meet the demands of the team to build a new stadium. St. Louis put together a new stadium plan. I don't know if it was really going to ever happen, but they did their part at least under the NFL guidelines. And then the NFL on the way out says, well, those are just guidelines. They're not really laws. Um, And, you know, the, the, a certain judge could look at that and say, all right, let's talk antitrust exemption then, you know, like if if you're going to have things in your league guidelines, like that you're not going to follow, then maybe you do need, you know, the federal government to regulate some of this stuff, which I, I I mean, I think it's a a fair case and um, it's headed in an interesting direction to where you could see like Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell and Stan Kroenke on the stand in St. Louis having a, answer a right. whole lot of questions um so yeah I'm, oh, I'm i'm pro pro player pro cities and i, I just and, like to see billionaire owners on the stand it's really interesting <laughs> yeah. about what you just said though like I, I think about the fact that the owners the nfl like settled they gave colin kaepernick 10 million dollars rather than have their internal communications go into open discovery yep so oh yeah you know jerry jones has some nasty emails that he doesn't want public it wasn't wasn't part of gruden's excuse too was that he had actually like said worse like he he kind of something like that all the time like not like oh i mean well then there was more stuff so there was not just the wall street journal one but the new york times released a whole trove of emails yeah from like 2011 to 2018 where like Gruden was saying all kinds of stuff, mostly to Bruce Allen, which of course, and some of it, like some of it, like a little awkward for the Raiders, where uh, Gruden was complaining that they drafted a gay player uh, in uh, Sam. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, great, look and there. especially a great look for the Raiders who have Carl Nassib or had yeah. Carl Nassib. I don't know if they still do on the team. Who yeah, was, he's on there, right? Yeah, he's still. Yeah, I think he's still on there. So, I mean, you know, but yeah, there was a whole bunch of nasty stuff that came out. And I think that's what prompted Gruden to resign because it wasn't just the one email, which was bad enough. It was like a whole trove of emails of him calling Goodell names uh, and like using slurs and all kinds of stuff. Really shocking. Yeah. yeah but before we go in, the last thing I did want to say, though, is yeah. that what you just described, though, that this is also interesting because this is what's going on with MLB in the city of Oakland right now is that mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the, the ownership group is submitting wildly unrealistic proposals to uh, to the city of Oakland and under this, you know, some similar idea that they had basically, you know, you have to give the city a fair shot before you take your, your, your stuff elsewhere. And they're proposing things that are completely, you know, pie in the sky, non-starters, you know, for the city. It's like, oh yeah, we'll do this. The meeting halfway is you're giving us like $900 million in funding. So, but 
no, so that's it's interesting to see. It'll be actually that should be really interesting to follow, knowing that these things are playing out in other places in in real time. Thank you for informing. Yeah, me. no, and hopefully, I hope I hope St. Louis gets a football team because I I I empathize Ignorance with uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people that. here who don't want a football team again. Like they're like <laughs> screw the NFL, um, which I, I, yeah. I get that too. But I think long term, if you look. You know, decades ahead, it would be nice to have. I, one. I, yeah. I guess I don't know. That sport may have to change a bit. Um, yeah. I learn yeah. more and more about you know the, what it does to your head to play that sport. And you know, I yeah. played it throughout high school, and I I could still kind of feel my yeah. head ringing sometimes. That's crazy. No, I mean I can get yeah. that. I and I would bet Baltimore there was probably a similar sentiment in the late '80s. Uh, probably even into the 90s when the Ravens came around of people who were just like, you know what, forget it. I don't want a football team here. Or people saying, hey, I've got you know Washington. I'll just be a fan of theirs, especially in you know the early 90s when they were actually good. Because uh, that's basically what happened in Baltimore. Is they, you either became a Washington fan or you abandoned football. Um, but anyways, uh, we want to talk more about you, Drew, oh, no. specifically. Yes. First of all, I want to say just right off the bat, congrats on recently getting married. Thank you. Congratulations. congratulations. That uh, you've the wedding was a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, September eighteenth. September eighteenth. So, al- so almost a month ago. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Time flies. Crazy. Um, yeah, a but, lot has changed. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, people kind of ask me that, like, "Oh, how's married life?" I'm like, "Yeah." I, Man, I'd think it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is, especially if you've like been living together already. We have, and all yeah. That. yeah, exactly. Then it's say. like if, if marriage is a real and granted, I'm like 26 and unmarried and living in my parents' house, so whatever I say, <laughs> nothing. Uh, but I would imagine that if like married life is suddenly a massive change, then I don't know, maybe it's. Well, so I, I will like, say I, I want that kind of like stability. I guess if I'm getting married to someone, I guess I, yeah, I would agree. It's going to be totally you different. Would, you wouldn't want I don't to marry. Does yeah. I don't mean that as like a blanket judgment thing. I'm just saying my own. No, my you're own. getting married. You're, if you're right, you're getting married because you enjoy your life together right now. As like, you, is, wouldn't, right? you wouldn't want it to be suddenly different. And you know, yeah. we'll we'll try to have kids here eventually, or probably sooner rather than later. So that'll obviously change things. But right now, it's like. I, I don't know. I like, uh, I definitely take out the trash more frequently just to be, I feel like a, a little bit more duty, but I, I, <laughs> I, did, I did that anyway. Um, I do all the dishes, but I've committed to that job. I've, I do all the kitchen work, which actually works out great. Um, because she, you know, she like has to, uh, you know, uh, why can't I sweep and mop essentially, um, the floors and like do the bathrooms and like, put away all sorts of stuff and so she doesn't like to do dishes but i i don't mind doing dishes i like did that job in high school um so i take the dishes and the trash and the recyclables and do a lot of the cooking and i enjoy that because i'm kind of i'm like i've worked from home my entire adult life so um i'm like the 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 housewife i guess that's not like correct term these days but you know like i'm the homemaker essentially right right my dream is to be a stay-at-home dad man i'm like dude it's oh yeah that is (laughs) that is absolutely the dream uh it's funny because it's like the exact way my wife and i divide up duties is she does a lot of like the she she's very much a uh uh 
she cleans when she's stressed. She's very, my wife is a person who like can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, her, her father is a lot like that. He's just, he's always got to have a project. He always has to be doing something. His way of relaxing is like, you know, working on the house or something. So my, my wife can be like that. And especially when it comes to cleaning a clean, like having a house that is clean, uh, helps her de-stress. Uh, whereas for me, uh, clutter tends to become background noise to me mm. and I get used to it. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. And for her, it's like this siren that's constantly going off. And so uh, she she tends to do that stuff because like, she's like, I, I just got to take care of this. And for me, I'm like, oh, is it dirty? I didn't notice. So. Yeah, I, I would say we're we're both the same amount of like, we're not slobs and like messy. Um, but we don't mind a little bit of clutter and, until there comes like a day where she gets into cleaning mode and she's like, I, I just got to clean. Um, yeah. we're, not, we're not like hoarders or anything, but you know, yeah, stuff will pile up on the, the kitchen table or the dining room table, which we never use. It's just like, a. <laughs> oh my piece. God, I have a dining table full of stuff right now <laughs> yeah. that we never use. And it is just where we put all of our stuff. Yeah. It's like where my keys and wallet go when I walk in the house. Like, Especially just- like had, having just gotten married and like we registered for stuff and we live in an apartment. It's a nice big apartment, but um, there's not a lot of stuff for like a, a big KitchenAid mixer to go. And Oh yeah. You know, we'll yeah. figure that out later. <laughs> so there's, there's laundry and a lot of boxes full of the stuff and new cooking <laughs> supplies and things like that, that don't fit in our small kitchen. That's hilarious. Um, so what I do want to get is I want to get the Drew Silva origin story. I want to know where are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, and I also want to know how did you kind of get in? How did you get into the fantasy writing world? You've been doing it for for a good bit of time at this point. Um, how did you kind of enter that? And what's that path been like? But yeah, I want to go. I want to go from the beginning to here. What's the Drew Silva origin story? Man, how can I condense this? I guess we don't need to. This is like a two-hour podcast. Right? Whatever you want to do, man. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> I kind of like that you told me we're going two hours because it's like, you know, there's like certain car rides where if it's like a six hour drive, you're never like able to settle into the mindset of, oh, this is a road trip. Let's have yeah. let's enjoy it. Let's sit back and relax. You're like, are we there? Are we there? Oh, 200 yeah. miles still are we there. But if it's like, if you're going 23 hours, then it's way more enjoy- enjoyable, at least for mm-hmm. me. Like, mm-hmm. No, um, I get that. I get that. Maybe that's yeah. more, maybe that's this podcast is a good road trip. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. If I, if I'm driving, like we go down to uh, North Carolina to the outer banks every year for vacation, we drive down there from the Annapolis area and that's about six to seven hours, depending on traffic. And like, yeah, when you're doing that, you're just like, we take it in, chunks because we usually make two stops so it's like two hour chunks mm-hmm. and so you're just like when's this going to be over when are we going to get there when are we going to get there and same thing with going home but like on a long road trip i took a road trip to south dakota uh a long time ago i've, and done, I've done this road trip <laughs> i did i did it a weird way i went from maryland to nebraska oh. and then i went up to south dakota because i have family in nebraska so we stopped there but um yeah, so then you're like, all right, well, we're driving 13 hours. We're going to stop in Indianapolis because it'll be dark. Like, and then that's it's easier kind of to settle in there. So I, I get that. 
I'd only want to stop in Indianapolis after dark too. There's not a lot to see there when it's light. We we stopped in Indianapolis in the airport and got lost because it's a very confusing airport in Indianapolis. I don't think I've ever been to that airport. It's uh, I mean, it's you know, (laughs) it's seriously we were looping around it forever. It was it was insane. But anyways, Drew, where are you from? I was trying to collect my thoughts. Um, Where where am I from? Uh, I I don't know. I was born in Alexandria Hospital in alexandria virginia spent the first nine ten years of my life in arlington virginia um grew up a big orioles fan that that was obviously before the nationals were there um and then my parents well my parents divorced when i was pretty young but my mom remarried when i was nine or ten to a man who lives in st louis so we moved to st louis in i guess third grade or whatever um second third grade and then have pretty much lived in St. Louis ever since, except for uh, went to the University of Dayton for four years for college. Go and Flyers. my junior, yeah, go Flyers. That's right. Um, and I, I love that school, but my junior year of college, I was partying too much. And, you know, I had like my own house. Well, we, me and some friends had our own house on campus and had my first like bout of depression and didn't really know what it was, just knew that I didn't really want to get out of bed unless it was to like go to a party. Um, and it was just really sad and like uh, surrounded by great friends and great people. Like it was that, that school is a blast, but um, so I came home that first semester and like my mom hooked me up with a therapist and talked to the therapist and kind of agreed that like, maybe I should just take a semester off school and, kind of figure it out and my brother did a gap year which i I think it's it's like a smart thing to to take some time off if you feel like you're not there for the right reasons um so i did that and i was just living at my parents house working at let's see i was working for my neighbor doing like hardwood flooring and also working at a restaurant uh working at a car wash like had a bunch of different jobs um but like on the weekends all of my friends were at college essentially so I'd either go visit them or I, I would have nothing to do. So I started my own baseball blog. This would have been, what, 2007-ish? Um, and I don't know. I would write. I would like commit myself to writing like eight posts a day. And I, I scrubbed that thing from the internet. You could probably find some old posts from it. But it, it wasn't very good. Uh, but I got into contact with like Will Leach from Deadspin. And he like would. Oh, he's a St. Louis guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. Or he's from Illinois, like Southern Illinois, but yeah, big Cardinals fan. Um, and he would, uh, he would like throw some of my blog, my better blog posts into like the links roundup that used to be at Deadspin and talk to like the big lead guy. And he would throw some links up. I was like, you know, chasing views and like being a real blogger in, in my free time. Um, and my brother, Evan, Evan Silva, you guys might know of him. He like started his own. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I know yeah. Evan. I, you know, it's so funny. I definitely know who Evan is. I had no clue. You guys were brothers. Yep. He's my Never. oldest brother. That's so funny. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been reading Evan forever. That's yeah. hilarious. Technically the, the best man at my wedding. We didn't really do speeches. Uh, technically the best man at your wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He, he didn't really have any duties is what I'm saying. Like, I guess he kind of planned the bachelor party, but well, I feel it. like that, that kind of happens though. Like, like I have one of, you know, some of my best friends and then like my, my brother was the best man at my wedding and not like, I love my brother and he absolutely should have been. I wanted him to be my best man. It wasn't like, I felt like, Oh, I have to. 
because I know he does occasionally listen to this podcast. So, but it is a Craig. I'm happy you were you were the best man if you're listening. But at the same time, yes, you do feel like you kind of have to make your brother, especially if you only have one brother. You you kind of have to make yeah. him your best man. Like I get that, and I was like, I want to reward you know someone who's not related to me with the honor of being my best man because he yeah, like, yeah. Evan has to be you know, right. kind of nice to me sometimes um, <laughs> but so he was working for Roto World he had graduated from Marquette University and was uh, graduated in like the winter semester and was applying to law schools to go to the next semester I guess they only start uh, at normal times in the spring or whenever colleges start it, it's been a while um, but but he was he was kind of in a similar situation where he was just living at home uh working a construction job while he was like waiting to take the LSAT and he would write um into Roto World which that was before they were bought by NBC into like Greg Rosenthal um who's now at like NFL Network um and just said like hey I'll I'll write for free um, and they let him write for free. And eventually like he was picking up a bunch of shifts and like writing regular columns. And they started to pay him a little bit, like 25 bucks a week. And then they got bought by NBC, like within a year of him joining. And so they made him at full time, or at least like gave him a bunch of hours. So he decided not to go to law school. Um, and then circle back to me where like, I was, I was kind of directionless and, and writing my own baseball blog. And he's like, Hey, if you are going to do this, you might as well get paid for it. Um, so I, I got like a Saturday night recap shift on MLB at Roto world. Um, and I, I kind of parlayed that into writing for MLB trade rumors too. Um, so I was working for both of them part time, went back to school for, I guess my senior year. Um, and like really just didn't go to class. Uh, <laughs> and, but it wasn't because I was necessarily depressed anymore. There was a little bit of that, but I was, I was working 40 to 50 hours a week between Roto world and MLB trade rumors. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I worked weekends. I worked whenever they would have me and, and still had a good kind of college experience without really attending the college classes. Um, and so I, I grad or I, I didn't graduate college. I, I, I was like, you know, however many two semesters short, essentially like eight, 18, uh, 26 hours or something. I, I haven't really gone back and looked it, Maybe if I, if, if NBC ever lets me go, I'll have to, but, um, so I, I go home. Actually, I moved to Cape Cod that summer. I'm, I'm putting this all together again because my cousins were living up there. They had got a house for really relatively cheap up there. Um, and so I, I went and lived with them as they like worked restaurant jobs and as waiters and waitresses, like there was eight of us in a crappy house, but it was 50 bucks a week month, which is weird when you pay your, your, your rent weekly. Um, so, <laughs> but I was having a great time and, and just mm -hmm. writing about baseball after that moved back to St. Louis, uh, lived at home for a few more months and then got a, a house with some friends, like in a kind of downtown party area called Soulard with a bunch of bars and, um, man, that was, I guess, 2009, 2010. And this will be my third, or yeah, this was my 13th season, uh, writing for NBC Roto world. It's called NBC sports edge now. Um, yeah. so there was, uh, I don't know, a little bit of falling into, I don't know, failing my way into a cool gig and some nepotism, but I guess 13 years later, I, I must be okay at it if, if they keep paying me. 
<laughs> I would say you're more than okay at it, for sure. Uh, I wasn't know, looking for a compliment, but <laughs> it, well, well, you got one. Uh, and also, I'm going to take one second to let you guys know that if you haven't heard, the Red Sox just won. Wow. It was tied in the bottom of the ninth, and Kike Hernandez hit a sack fly to yeah. win the game. I know. Gross. The ALCS, right? That was yep. Good. Yep. The stupid Red Sox are going to go to the World Series, aren't they? I mean, I just – it's going to be a – right, It's going to be either them or the Astros if these guys don't doing something about it. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, the White Sox have been rough to watch. I'm, ro- I'm rooting for the White Sox, but I think that thing's ending tomorrow. I don't yeah. know. I'll be there. I'll be there in about oh, will you? 20 hours. So, Yeah, that's at like 1, we'll 1 p.m. Central, right? One, yeah, it's a one one thirty start time. It was it was supposed it. to be this oh, afternoon. Wow. But, uh, oh man, afternoon game. Oh boy, because they have um, to play. If they win, then game five is in Houston on Wednesday. So, oh jeez, clearly. Oh man, if it's gonna be an ALCS of the Astros and the Red Sox, gross. I'm gonna have to root for the Astros, which I don't want to do, but I have to because there's no way I I I would rather I'd rather fo- like impale myself Judas Iscariot style and like roll down a hill, just guts flowing out before I root for the Red Sox. God. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Stupid wrong statement. I I, I agree with you. Also, also, that's, that reminds me of, uh, there are definitely some scenes in the Bible that sound like they're right out of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like Judas. Especially the Old Testament, man. Like, dude, the book of Judges is straight up like, like kill bill it's the the whole book of judges is people just like killing people killing people i think i mentioned on this podcast once before uh jehu the guy who like straight up walked up to the king of israel and like dumped out a bag of like you know double digit num tens of beheaded people tens of heads you know 20 30 heads are you thinking of when? Are you thinking of when David had to deliver no. hundred Philistine foreskins? No, the foreskins. No, we've yeah. yeah, we've also talked about this where David uh, was required in order to, in order to marry Saul's daughter. Uh, David of the Bible had to uh, deliver Saul like a two hundred uh, foreskins of Philistines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then, the, my favorite part of that story is that it says that when David delivered them, Saul counted them because <laughs> he was like, right, "I, I want to make sure you're not light. I, you better not be dropping off 195. I requested 200 foreskins. I'm gonna get them, <laughs> and I want my foreskins. I want them all 200. If there's 198, you're going out. You're finding two more Philistines." <laughs> And like you know, like they're counting them. They're like, there's a point at one point where they're like 132, 130. Do we have to keep going? So I was like, yes, got 134. I know we've talked about I this because I, I recommended to you the book that um, Joe. Oh Paul yeah, wrote. yeah, yes. which is like literally this like scene extrapolated over in the entire book. It's, it's it's wild stuff, man. But anyway. um, yeah. Anyways, we can move on from well, David, I went to David like, and the uh, Foreskins. Great uh, band name. Oh my God. Sorry. David indie band name. <laughs> David and the Foreskins. That's a great 2005 indie band. <laughs> I'm going to let the listeners decide whether that's uh, are like you Margo. Right. Sorry. What were you saying? Sorry. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I went to like 18 years of 
Catholic school, so I've read a lot of the Bible, and I'm always confused when people like use use it as this like book on morality. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff in there that it's a I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of uh, yeah. Well, you're you're looking at a guy who grew up in a very like conservative Christian evangelical house mm-hmm. where we were all like, yeah, it's not really. We, we were yeah, we were all like. You know, the Bible is very literally true, every single word of it. Oh, no. And, you know, what happened to the dinosaurs? We don't know. You know, like, it was, yeah. It, it, I mean, my parents are still kind of that way. But then, like, over the past, you know, years, I've been like, wait, you mean it's all, like, metaphorical? And, like, the entire first couple books of the Bible are, like, a poem? Like, wait, what? Just because you're, you know, you're like, you're growing up thinking like, I guess this all literally happened. And like, I don't understand. There's a lot of crazy stuff. This God sounds kind of scary. <laughs> like, sounds like a dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You, you touched the Ark of the Covenant bro. dead. Jeez. Like, oh my God. I, uh, the second thing I was going to say though, is I, I have my windows open and like my door keeps clattering. You can't hear that in the back. No, I, I can't hear it. We, we get very few, uh, like windows open weeks in St. Louis, so I have to take advantage. It's oh we, really? We need, yeah. can't go like forty minutes in an episode without my cat yelling in the background. So okay, we'll that's be, cool. we'll be fine. And half the time, my dog ends up downstairs barking at me to uh, play fetch with her. So no worries on background noise. Um, however, so before. Oh no, go ahead, Zach. I'm just look. No, I'm looking at the 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 notes sheet here, and this is just a really. This is an interesting. Array. <laughs> so I want yeah, to uh, I want to get into some music before um, we talk baseball because I know you're a music guy, and I want to ask you a couple music questions first. As a Drake fan, and you are a big Drake fan, what's his best? What's his worst album? Oh my god! You can rank the whole discography if you really want to, but I was gonna just you know let you off the hook with just best and worst. I like it. Um. Hang on, I gotta pull them up. I, 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 you know what, man? I haven't like listened. I used to like be a super big like music person in general, but definitely like hip hop, rap. Um, yeah. I, I just don't listen to as much anymore. I, I think I've become my age very quickly <laughs> over the past year. Um, are but, you are you stuck listening to like the music of like 10, 15 years ago, just over and over again? I hate to admit it, but I feel it. No, I feel that. I there are definitely days where I'm like, you know what? I want to pop on some indie rock album I found in college, yeah. just because just because I I want to. I one of my favorite albums that came out this year was by Clap Your Hands Say Yeah, <laughs> and like they just put out an album that sounded exactly like what they did, you know, fifteen years ago. And I'm like, great. I like that, but you know. <laughs> so, all right. But, I mean, I yeah. wish my favorite artists slash bands were still making the same thing they were fifteen years ago. Like, well, now you have to tell me who your favorite guy here. So, like, that's that's that's. Hey. <laughs> look, did you not like Donda? I like Donda. It was all right. It was a fine album. I'm, I'm I only I only got through it once. I I I think I'll come back to it, but it 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 seems like an uncompleted <laughs> album, and I don't want to tell Kanye yes. that because then he'll take another two years <laughs> to complete it. Yeah, yeah. It's no Donda I liked. It was definitely like it felt rushed out. Um but I mean Universal kind of just released it before Kanye said he was done with it. But at the same time, Kanye kept saying it's coming out, I swear, which he did with the life of Pablo and you know, 
we just should come to expect at this point. Interesting though, like no. yeah, life life of Pablo was was solid. I liked it a lot. But um, Any, anyhow, yeah. I wanna, Anyways, I Drake's, Drake, Drake, as, as a not a very big Drake fan, I want to hear the Drake rankings. So I'm so, I'm extraordinarily Drake. medium on Drake, so I'm curious. I'm, you know what, man? Looking at it, I don't think he has a bad album. I stand by that. To be interesting, <laughs> sell um, me on Certified Lover Boy, man, because I I. <laughs> You Dude. know what? Okay, I, I said I've only made it through Donda once. I've probably only made it through Certified Lover Boy one and a half times. Okay, that's good. I got yeah. I got married Zach, all right? <laughs> so you know, well, I'm not making that much time for Drake or Kanye in 2021 <laughs> either. If I'm being honest, <laughs> so. dude, the thing with with Certified Lover Boy is like, there's a couple of good. Like, I'm too sexy is fun, or way too sexy. I think they, it's called. Yeah. But like when I, I heard the name of the song, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the one that uses the I'm too sexy sample, but. When I first heard the lead single off it, which was what it was, "Girls Like Girls," yeah, and I'm like, Drake, are you like twelve? Because like he has a line in there is I think it's in the chorus where he says, uh, "Girl, you say you a lesbian, me too." And I'm like, oh my god, Drake! Like, how old are you, dude? Like, we were all making that joke. When we were like thirteen, like oh, I'm a lesbian too because I'm a guy and I like women. Like just, I do appreciate that uh, it's an, it's an hour and a half long. I mean, people I knew when I was like twelve. But. That's fair. <laughs> I heard some ridiculous. So I'm, I'm going to put "Take Care" as my favorite Drake album, and I'm I don't have an Ooh. answer for what I think is the worst one. I'll, I'll put "Certified Lover Boy" because I haven't really listened to <laughs> none of it yet. I feel like "Take Care" is like the consensus best drake album yeah it's i like views a lot where he's like sitting on top of the toronto <laughs> yeah views views is solid it has it's it's too long like his last four projects for me are all way too long my my issue is that i i'm not really a huge fan of singing drake my favorite drake is if you're reading this it's too late drake oh and that that's without question my favorite Drake project. The problem is, is that when he like I like it when he raps like that, but I also can't take it that seriously either. Because it's like I think like Worst Behavior is a great song, but then I also stop like Why are you trying to rap like you're hard, bro? Like, yeah, you're an actor, like <laughs> you're a child actor. You don't got to be this like, this way, man. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets into more of like the dirty trap rap, it, it seems a little artificial, but he's good at it, or, or at least the people around him that make him sound like that are really good at it yeah artificial is an interesting way of putting that though because that's kind of part of his like what his secret sauce is is the way that he's able to really mold himself to any number of different genres or people that he's working with and um like i thought what's like um shoot um like the stuff he does with future i think is 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 fun at least On which one? The future, the Drake and Future album. Oh yeah, I don't remember what that one was. Uh, Why is it? What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Oh right, 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 right. right. I say that phrase pretty frequently. I thought that was a good album. I thought that was more. I play a song through it. What you, you guys can afford the licensing? If I, (laughs) I yeah, I I don't think Drake listens to this, so. I had to pull up my Spotify to remind myself of Drake albums. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I I am a bigger Drake fan than certainly my new wife is. She hates Drake, um, and mm-hmm. most most people my age, I would say, or at least in my circle, I'm I'm a bigger fan of Drake than than probably all of them, because I I, I like. Uh, I embrace all genres of music. That's even like pop, country, uh, pop. Um, like really 
top 40 radio pop. I'm okay with a, a lot of it. If it sounds good to me, I'm um, I'm good with it. And that you know that goes yeah. to punk and heavy metal. Um, you know, I I really mean it when I say that I I don't dislike any kind of music. I also Except noticed that you're. I can't do um, polka. Yeah, what is the uh, accordion? Accordion. Okay, <laughs> well, wow. some, somewhere somewhere Weird Al is shedding a single <laughs> single tear. You know what? Weird I don't Al. really like Weird, Weird Al. Al I don't really like Weird Al. I love Weird Al. I I was that kid at like fourteen or fifteen who was like way too into Weird Al. I could see that. Like like showing people Weird Al, knowing all the words. To this day, I know all of the words or most of the words to Trash Day, but I do not know all any of the words to to Hot in Here, which is the song that it parodies. <laughs> uh, same same with his parody of Lose Yourself, uh, Couch Potato. I know all the words to Couch Potato. I know most of the words to Jerry Springer, but do I know all the words to One Week? No, I don't. So, you know, it's... But that was... Yeah, that's... Um, the number also, of times I'd watch the Trapped in the Drive-Thru video on... Dude, the Trapped in the Drive-Thru is so good. Trapped in the Drive-Thru is... Again, source material not aged very well recently. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I appreciate his craft, <laughs> and I think he's one of the best to ever do it, but... Oh, yeah. I don't... Like, jokey, jokey music doesn't really get me... And I say that as a huge Tenacious D fan, so... Hmm. But I, I find them to be an unimpeachable, great rock band. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to also, for the record, I'm going to say my favorite Drake album is probably Scorpion, actually. Wow. Okay. I was thinking of that one as my least favorite. but Really? I, it's been a long time, but I remember. Let me go through the track list. We don't have I, I, you don't have it all day, Drew. You got to go. <laughs> you got to be at a baseball game. Ben and I got nothing going on. Yeah, we got nothing going on. Um, God's no, food. I'm upset. I, I remember, I remember listening to Scorpion when it came out and be like, "Oh, I actually kind of like this." Whereas most other Drake stuff, I've been like, "Uh, no thanks." That's but a, that's a very poppy album. Well, yeah, poppy and hip hip hoppy. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I want you to rank Radiohead's albums. Oh my God, Ben, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I I think I can guess your number one is Kid A. Yep. How did you know that? I've said it on a podcast before. You've you've said it uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. Okay, yeah. I used to tweet a lot about Radiohead. Now I just try to stay off Twitter. <laughs> Probably not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, all, right, all right, so Radiohead. You, you want to guess you my do... entire top five? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to guess it. Yeah. All right, so number one is Kid A. Yep. I'm going to guess... That number two is OK Computer. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now, this is where things get interesting. I'm going to guess number three is The Bends. No. Ooh, OK. Hold on. Let me. Uh, Not as huge uh, dirty guitar Radiohead more. OK. Then the Amnesiac. No. In Actually, The Bends and Amnesiac aren't in my top five at all. Okay. It's not that I dislike them. It's just not. It's not what got me into radio. I was a late adopter to Radiohead, probably. Okay. In Rainbows is going to be up there, too, then. Oh, yeah. In Rainbows. Yeah, is that number three? No, but it's... Hmm. Moonshape Pool? Moonshape Pool is Moon, my... Moonshape Pool is four. Okay, what's number three, then? <laughs> we'll run it out. <laughs> Hail, Hail to the, the thief. thief. Hail to the Hail Thief. Hail to the Thief. That's an interesting choice, because I feel like that gets 
uh, overlooked pretty often in the Radiohead discography. Like it's yeah, a lot, you know, like everyone loves OK Computer, Kid A, The Bends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone loves In Rainbows. And then like the other Amnesiac gets tossed around in there. Hail to the Thief, I feel like just gets overlooked. And so does King of Limbs a little bit. I feel like when King of Limbs came out, people were kind of like not suit not thrilled about it. I, I like I'm still it. Still not thrilled about it. it it's fine. It, it's yeah, not, I think it's, it's not fine. As yeah. Bad as how I felt about it when I first heard it a few times. And nobody likes Pablo Honey, so <laughs> I think Pablo Honey's okay. I mean, but it's I, it's a different band. Yeah, it is, and I, it's it's kind of a, a cool evolution if you go through yeah. their entire discography. Um, but I I came to them. Let's see. I, I must have been in like eighth grade. Um, my uh, my friend had a Kid A album. Um, we were on a, a road trip together, actually, like a family road trip together, and we were like some somewhere, some motel in Michigan that had a pool, like with my parents. Um, he would take me on these like really. I hope he's not listening to this, but he would take me on. He was from a very wealthy family, great people, um, and they'd like take me skiing in Utah. Like they had like a ski in, ski out place. A good friend to have. Um, but but like for I would like try to reciprocate and bring him on my family road trips, and we'd go to like Michigan, like Lake Michigan, um, or like South Dakota, uh, yeah. <laughs> like the Badlands. Which it, it was cool. It was fine. We made the most of it. We like you know, snuck some alcohol or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we were just listening to kid a out by this dirty pool in Michigan and I had never heard it. And like everything in its right place comes on. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, a few years later, my oldest cousin, um, who has great music taste to this day, he'll like send me stuff, uh, gave me hail to the thief. Mm. And I had only really heard of Radiohead from creep and the kid a album that my friend had played on that, that family road trip. Um, and Hail of the Thief blew me away then. It still blows me away. And I think it e- even gets better. Moonshape Pool, I think, um, when I first heard that, I, with the strings and everything that they're doing on it, yeah, I was like, this. that's one of those albums where I was like, this is going to be a part of my life for a long time. And it, it has continued to creep up my list of Radiohead albums. Yeah, I need to I need to give Hail to the Thief. I need to actually, honestly, go back through Radiohead's discography because it's been a long time. I... I think I, I have Kid A and I have the Benz in my uh, record collection. So those I cycle through periodically. But like some of the other stuff, I just I haven't listened to as much. So that's a, that's an interesting ranking, though. Um, all right, I want to do one last music question cool. before we get to baseball. And that question is: uh, Is the album "Whatever People Say I Am" by the Arctic Monkeys your favorite album ever, uh, or? Is it up there? <laughs> How do you know me? This <laughs> what, I did a little you, bit of research. Did you? Did you like go back and read old old tweets? <laughs> Something like that. Anyways, mm-hmm. is it? Is that your favorite album of all time? I'm. I'm. Is it or a top? Is five? it your favorite album of all time? <laughs> I haven't. I Answer haven't, the question, Drew. <laughs> God, I haven't thought about it in that way. But it it meant a lot to me in my life, and it's <laughs> it sounds like you're talking to a friend who just confessed her feelings to you, and you're like, you know, I never really thought about you that way. You mean a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, even like a year and a half ago, this question would have it, it's this question still kind of floors me. Um, I have to think about what my favorite album ever. It's it's it would be right up there. Um, 
it caught me at a really good time in my life where I, I, I probably listened to that album more than any other album that I've ever. Well, so I guess the, the more, I think the, I think the better question is what is it about that album that you love? Wow. Hard to define. And I like that era of Arctic monkeys where they were just, um, where it's kind of a punk band and, um, but like very post-punk and very melodic and very British. And like, it was, it's just a, a good, I, I would say it's kind of hardcore and people that actually really like hardcore music, what I'm sure strongly disagree. Oh, no, I mean, listen to Brian storm on, uh, on yeah. favorite worst nightmare. That song's mm-hmm. insane. My, uh, my, my five-year-old really loves, um, jamming out to heavy metal. He just, he's a very mm-hmm. energetic kid. So he likes to like do laps around the house while I play heavy metal stuff. And the one out song on his playlist that is not heavy metal is Brian storm. And he loves it. He loves Brian storm because of those drugs. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's absolutely insane. And like, that's, that's some heavy stuff from, from guys who ostensibly now are kind of like blues rockers. Yeah. And you look at old, clips and like uh, this goes back to yeah it came out my sophomore year of college this so this was before things kind of went off the rails at school and i was a good student and like um you know in shape and like caring about myself and my body and like just in a really good place mentally and physically and to have that album like when we had like this free streaming service at dayton uh, before this was before Spotify and like I guess iTunes was out there, but you had to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so I would just I would rock that album like to and from class and be in a really good place. So it, it puts me in a good place, and I I still just I haven't gotten sick of any of those songs and the the two albums that buffer it. I don't necessarily love what they they've they've turned into, but I also feel like I, I'm I, I'm gonna one day go back and listen to their most recent albums and find something to really like about it i i remember when am came out i when am came out i was in college and i had like i enjoyed the arctic monkeys i i remembered them but i was never super into them and i gave the album a listen i remember i like there are a handful of albums where i distinctly remember where i was when i first heard them yeah and that album is one of them for whatever reason i distinctly remember walking into the fine arts building of my college halfway through that album going I can't wait to leave class to finish this because like, this is really good. Like this is just, it was incredible. And I think Alex Turner, their front man, someone yeah. asked me on Twitter, like a few years ago, like who's, who's like the, who would you describe as like a rock and roll star right now? And I was like, I don't know. For some reason he came to mind right away. Like, yeah, you know, he's, he's a, I don't know. He, he has an amazing stage presence and, doesn't seem to are we allowed to cuss on this like doesn't yeah uh, we'll bleep you out yeah it doesn't seem to give much of a (laughs) have fun with that one zach (laughs) that's gotta be a baseball game at one (laughs) no time stamp on these babies at least that's (laughs) sorry sorry no 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 that's and you know what's funny about alex turner's like you you know his voice as soon as you hear him. Oh like, yeah, there's there's no mistaking that extremely thick British accent. Yeah. And uh, uh, at least growing up, I felt like the Beatles didn't sound British to me, except on certain songs. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There are a lot of bands from um, the Rolling Stones. They sound more American blues, which I think was their biggest influence. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, the, I mean, you, there's no doubting that the Arctic monkeys are British. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like listening to um, Frighten Frighten Rabbit, R.I.P. Yeah. lead singer, but uh, but that dude, like, you could tell he was Scottish. <laughs> That's how I always felt about uh, Oasis too. Listening to them, oh my god, yeah, they talk about like, yeah, they don't hide it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so, can I ask, can I ask you, know? you guys a, a music question? Go for it. Oh, this is one of my favorite. Like, if you're meeting a new person um, and you're like at a bar or something, what, what's the best show you've ever seen? Hmm. Mm. It's a good way to find out about someone. Hmm. Like yeah. That. So I would have, I would have a couple answers. Um, well, you get one. So. I get one. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so no, probably turn now, Palmer. Huh. <laughs> Oh man, how how the tables have turned. Um I would say best show I've ever seen is the Avid Brothers. Um I've seen oh. them <sighs> No, you know what? Shoot. Avid Brothers maybe, but Jack White. It's Jack White. Sorry, that's the answer. I got to see Jack White. Um I've seen him twice and one time I saw him as a personal guest of the Jack White band, which was really really cool. Um my a friend of mine, this sounds like a fake story, but I swear it's true. A friend of mine knows Jack White's theremin player, <laughs> whose name whose name is Fats Kaplan. Um, he is a real man, and he really is a theremin player. What is a theremin? Uh, a ther- it's that it's that like thing from like old fifties sci fi that's like oh. like that thing. You just put your hand in there, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's like using electronically. He plays theremin and fiddle uh, for Jack White, and wow. a friend of mine knows him. And emailed Fats when they came to uh, Merriweather in Columbia, Maryland, and was like, "Hey, man, can we get some tickets?" And Fats was like, "Sure." And not only did he comp us tickets, he comped us front row, middle. Wow! Like that. I mean, there was a pit in front of us, so we weren't like up at, at the stage. But I mean, front row, middle for comp tickets, and he, and they said they were not allowed to close will call until we showed up, even no matter how late we were. Like it was. But the thing with Jack White. Is he does one of those? I've always said there's two types of concerts. There's concerts where um, the band plays at you, where there is a productive production, a show. Uh, I've seen Trans Siberian Orchestra a few times. Mm-hmm. They they do that. Uh, my mm-hmm. brother saw Muse. Muse kind of does that, which is fine. I think those shows can be really fun. But then there are shows where you are part of the show, not that you are like participating in the music, but the performer is drawing off of the audience and needs you they need your energy so as the audience gives the performer more energy the performer gives the audience more energy and it's this beautiful symbiosis jack white does that Mm -hmm. jack white's just an old school rock and roll concert and man i mean just both times i've seen him so full energy just rocking out having a blast avid brothers do that too which is why i love them is they're just they're very present and they're very like like they they feed off of your energy, and it's it's just a, an exhilarating show. So yeah, I would probably say Jack White would be my best. How about you, Zach? Uh, probably the Yeezus tour, Kanye in twenty thirteen. Which awesome. oh man, that I mean, would have been real cool. It was at at the United Center too, you know, in Chicago. Great. Oh kind of the in retrospect also the last of kind of peak Kanye you'd say before he mm-hmm. really started to lose it a little bit the light show was incredible and it was also just one of those things where similar to how albums you think of like the first time you hear them sometimes like it's a very much a distinct place in time I remember the day I went to that show like, 
I had gotten, it was my senior year of high school. I had gotten rejected by the university of Chicago that afternoon. Uh, I was oh, going with my buddy. I know my mom listens to the podcast sometimes. So if you're hearing this, mom, sorry, I, we, we lied to you a little bit, but like my mom <laughs> drops off me and my friend downtown and we're talking about like, Oh, we're going to go do something where no. And we went to a Starbucks and poured like a bunch of UV blue into our, into our cups and uh, got really Marcy, Marcy. vodka, went to the United center, got like, I had gotten, I had like camped out in the school hallway with the good Wi-Fi to like get the tickets when they first came on sale. So it was, we were in literally the second row in the upper tank, <laughs> upper tank, of the United center, which is mm. a great, great view. Um, yeah. Some, like, you're like right over that rail. Yeah. That's mm, actually an exactly. awesome place to yeah. see a show like that. Exactly. Yeah. We had some like really basic girls from the suburbs sitting behind us who we got to buy us more booze and, uh, <laughs> Kendrick why'd why'd owner, you call them basic if they bought you booze? Man, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying, <laughs> say what it is, you know. But, uh, may wherever they are now, may may they be in good health. I don't know. May they uh, be, not be so basic. Yeah. <laughs> and then, exactly. Uh, Kendrick Kendrick coming off of Good Kid, Mad City was uh was the opener. Oh man! Oh, oh my god! Holy shit! Yeah. So that's uh. Wow. So Kendrick Kendrick opened for Kanye. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dude, what a what a tour! What a show to see! And oh then the kicker is the kicker. I had all of the videos and like photos and all that stuff on my iPod Touch, which got stolen like four days later before oh, I had man. the chance to sync it up, and it's all all gone. You know what? So it only, videos. It only pictures, lives up here. Videos and pictures from concerts, and they're never. You can throw them away, <laughs> especially especially like early 2010s and before when it was like I distinctly remember like recording videos at concerts in like 2008 on my phone and like listening back and it was like <laughs> you're like okay never mind that was point now I'll record it like I saw the Avid Brothers they played at uh, Camden Yards after an Orioles game uh, about a month ago Whoa. yeah dude twenty bucks to see the game. And then you stay after for the concert. It was great. And I got to see him beat the Yankees. It was wonderful. Um, I'm trying to see so, if the Ra- Ravens are going to make a comeback here. Oh, man. What's the score now? I haven't even been they checking. Were down, they were down eight, but driving. Oh, front. man. Oh, yeah. It's close. Um, but anyways, I took a video of the Avid Brothers because they came on for an encore and did Thank God I'm a Country Boy, which is really cool because that's a Baltimore Orioles tradition during seventh inning stretch. Right. Uh, the stadium plays Thank God I'm a Country Boy for a, a weird, dumb reason. I People who don't know that, I always tell them that, and they're like, why? <laughs> like Baltimore, country. down in the country. It's The story is literally like, I think it was Mark Belanger uh, in like the 70s or 80s came to the Orioles and was like, this song's kind of cool. What if we played it during the seventh inning stretch? And they were like, all right, sure. And then it became a thing. Like that, it was literally no thought at all. Um, all right, so we're going to pivot to baseball, but before we do that, we are about an hour in. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break uh, for a quick ad to watch the and end of this Ravens game. To watch the end of the Ravens game, and then we'll be right back. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with 
with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Raven's yep. going for two. I need oh, this. Sh- All right. Oh, man. Yep. He made a pass to Mark Andrews. 35 seconds left. They're going for two to tie it. Did they Got get it. it? Yep. Holy. Mercy. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, my God. Right, we we have made kind of a thing of being interrupted by live sports. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a rude podcast host, and I'm going to turn the game on my TV and angle my TV. Hold on one second. Do it, man. I, I need this. This is, a, this is a big win for me. I'm saying every other thing we've recorded has had me looking over here to the, the White Sox in the background. I, I need to put my TV up here. It's instead it's back there. That's right. I have I have my a second monitor like slightly elevated into the right here, but you can always tell. I feel like when I'm going back and forth, I need to do the double monitor thing. For I'm so uh, married to just one laptop. Because mm. if you work from home like I do, and you still, I mean, during the season I work like sixty hour weeks. And so a lot of times I work from the couch, um, like laying on the couch. <laughs> um, so I like to take advantage of that. But I've I've done the two-monitor thing, like my laptop fritzed out, and I was living with a guy who had a two-monitor setup. He's like, just use, just use my office. And so I use his. And once you kind of get used to it, there's like, oh, two I monitors. Re- yeah. I, I realized that there was no turning back, and I was like, I can't. I can't you do this read. yet. <laughs> you want to know – you want to know um, – you want to know what else was a total game changer for me? Vertical monitor. Really? I have some yes. So, so here's the thing. When I got my uh, job I'm at now, I took the guy who, who I was replacing, I took his desk, and his monitor was there, and it was vertical. And I was like, who? I've never seen that happen. Like, who does that? And they were like, oh, yeah, he used to really like that. He said, you know, made reading articles easier or whatever. Wow. Um, so, you know, you can change it if you want. And I was like, oh, give it a shot. So I ori- I connected it, oriented it, and I was like, oh, my God. This is incredible because it eliminates all that negative space right. on the left and right of articles. You just get, boom, a full column of the article and Could, writing. So, I mean, that's you also my- go, like, two windows on it, like, have a, you know, like – fan graphs roster resource here and like right. something else right here dude you put roster resource on a vertical monitor you got the whole thing yeah. right there mm, that's on one screen yeah it's it's fantastic oh, and man. and once i did that i was like i love this and i mean as i i i'm a healthcare journalist by day and so like writing articles pop a word doc up there you got the whole thing right there mm-hmm. no problem like it's it was life-changing i was like this is how did I live without vertical monitors before? It's fantastic. Maybe, maybe this is the off season where I upgrade my setup. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. It's worth it. All right. So let's see. How do we go back in? All right. So what we'll do is I'll give it a beat and then we'll do it. And we're back or whatever. And okay. we're back. All right. All right. And we're back from our wonderful ad break. And it was delightful. I haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure whatever it was, however I recorded it, it was we delightful. We fully endorse it, obviously. I'm, I'm gonna of get course, that, obviously. I'm going to get that product. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. And the question we ask everybody, 
and we are going to ask you is why baseball? What is it about the sport of baseball? There are many other sports out there that you could love. What is it about baseball specifically that you love? I like all sports. Um, I I don't really understand, and maybe you guys are some of these people that are like so defensive when people tweet about things that are like other than baseball or, oh, or something yeah. to that effect. Like I, I just like competition. I like the Olympics and not just cause I work for NBC cause they don't pay me to say <laughs> that. Um, I just, I just, I, I love having competition on my television or to see live competition and what the people put into that who are participating in these, in these competitions. I, I think the reason that I'm a baseball writer is because of, the St. Louis Cardinals. So I, hmm. mo- I moved to St. Louis in 1996. Um, like I, I told you my origin story earlier. Yes. Yeah. That was the year I moved here and the Cardinals were in the NLCS. The Orioles were in the ALCS, the ALCS. Um, so yep. I was an Orioles fan. I was a Cardinals fan. It was a great like melding of those two things. It was the Jeffrey Mayer. I was about to ask, was that 96 was a Jeffrey Mayer year, right? I th- or was it ninety seven? I think it's six. I think it's ninety six. I'm pretty positive. Might be, yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, so it was Yankees, Braves in the in the World Series. So neither of the teams that I cared about made it. But uh, just that transition from Orioles to Cardinals happened so seamlessly. And then from that point on, I mean, McGuire comes in ninety seven, mm. and you know that that story gets relitigated now. But it was a really exciting thing yeah. for a young kid. Albert Pools comes in 2001, and I mean they have just been at least competitive, if not like really awesome, for the entire time that I've known who they are, and like lived in the city where they play. Um, and yeah, I mean throughout m- my high school and like you know middle school and into college, like some of the best friends that I have to this day are from freshman year of college when Albert Pools hit that home run off Brad Lidge mm. in the '05. <laughs> NLCS and like um, it was October of my freshman year and I had a really good fake ID and like some other St. Louis kids knew that, but didn't really know me. And they like, you know, came down and found me and were like, Hey, will you go with us to buy beer? And like, I was like, sure. And so we went and bought beer and like, we, we said we were going to dance um, in the dorm room, in their dorm room until the next game started the next day at like 4 PM. And we made it till about 8 AM. And then we all decided to, Get, get some naps in, but then we got it up, you know, got together for the next game, which they lost actually. But uh, the next year they win the world series and it's, it's just been, it's, it's like, it's made it really uh, a deep passion of mine. Um, so I, I still think my love of baseball uh, is like streamlined through the experience of being a Cardinals fan and um, people, this, this city goes really nuts whenever they're in the playoffs. And this was a weird year. I don't think anyone really thought this team was very good, but it, it was exciting to watch them win 17 games in a row and, and get back into it. So mm-hmm. that's that'd be my answer. Like I don't have anything. It, that's not really the uh, James Earl Jones speech. But. No, no, no. That's that. So the the thing that I love about that question is it's baseball means so many different things to so many different people. And it's there, there isn't a right or a good answer. There's just your answer. And that's the answer that we wanted. So no, I love that. That's I, and I totally get that. There's a lot of, I think the running theme that we often get with that question is a 
connection to a team. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I love baseball because I grew up watching it. I grew up watching it with my mom or my dad or whatever. And I just have this, this deep personal tie to it for that. I know that's what it is for me. I mean, there's a lot of ways I could like wax poetic about the sport of baseball or whatever. But the, I mean, when it comes down to it, the reason I love baseball is because I grew up watching the Orioles. My parents love the Orioles to an extent that's a, a, a little strange where they start like following them around the country. Like they're the grateful dead. Um, and, um, Oh man, did the Ravens just block a field goal? I'm sorry. Holy cow, they did. Wait, the Ravens? The Ravens. Okay, Wait, great. I I'm have... way behind them. Or they were showing a replay where a field goal was blocked. <laughs> I'm seeing uh, Colts on the 30 yard line. Do they try uh, a field goal? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The Colts are about to try a field goal and they were flashing back uh, to a previous blocked okay. field goal. I got. This is what happens when I'm splitting my attention. Um, no, anyways, so, <laughs> I knew something was happening. I saw you. I could feel the thought bubble starting to trail away. Like, there, oh, but, uh, yeah, uh, no, but yeah. So the 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 deep familial connection uh, to baseball is always uh, almost always the answer. So yeah, that's great. There's something about St. Louis too, where I. I don't know what the criteria for this is, but I feel like if you started like rattling off cities in America, I could tell you like that's a football town, that's a baseball town, that's a basketball town. Like um, St. Louis is a baseball town, is in my impression. There's something about like the Cardinals fans I know are dedicated baseball fans a lot. I think of when the Cardinals won in 2011. I think it was mm-hmm. yeah 2011. Um, this was like early the fall of my like sophomore year of high school. And I was had, I had driver's ed first period in the morning. And my teacher was a Cardinals fan. And when they won the world series, me and like two other kids who were on the baseball team who were also in that class. We just like sat at the front of the class and talked about baseball with him for a full hour and just did absolutely nothing to do with driver's ed. He was just like so over the moon. And I, I don't know. I feel like there is kind of a connection there with St. Louis and baseball. That's, stronger than you might find in some other places i could i could see the cardinals having that kind of i don't know i feel like the the cardinals have that kind of impact on a lot of people i mean it's it's all about it's all about the team's success Mm -hmm. um they've they've been like good for every generation they've had spurts of being really good for your grandfather um for your father and for yourself uh so I, i think that's part of it it's also St. Louis is a weird place, man, where like people grow up here and they don't leave. Um, and like no one moves here from other cities. <laughs> um, so it's, it's like very, I think provincial is the word where uh, it, it's, it's its own being and, and people have like really strong ties to it. And, and uh, kind of, we, it, it's a, a little brother syndrome to Chicago, certainly, but to really just the rest of these growing cities around us, like Nashville and Indianapolis, you, you were crapping on Indianapolis, Zach, unwarranted, I, I find. But uh, <laughs> I'll crap on Indianapolis. But day. yeah, like <laughs> Indianapolis, Louisville, even Kansas City, um, we've seen these these cities like progress beyond St. Louis, and um, I don't know if it, it, it creates this sense of like, yeah, well, screw you, like we still got the Cardinals, and it, it, it definitely is a baseball town. I have friends that would. Um, 
hate to hear that actually because they're pissed that the Rams left and the Rams mm-hmm. used that as an excuse to get out of town. There are huge St. Louis Blues fans mm. here, like who care about the Blues more than the Cardinals, and their season ticket holder base is massive. People love the St. Louis Blues. It is a big hockey town, mm-hmm. and they've produced a ton of NHLers like in recent years. Um, and people are really proud of that around here too. But it, it's, I, I think it goes to the team success. If they were the Chicago Cubs successful wise, it would not be the same thing, you know. It, Oh they yeah, have a team that was Cubs level of success, and they left seventy years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Baltimore Orioles, as yeah, for, exactly. That's true. That's right. Well, and and speaking to that point, Baltimore used to be a baseball city. I mean, it was definitely when the Colts were around. You know, football was pretty huge with the with the Colts. But even then, like the Orioles were a pretty huge fixture in the sixties. Through, I mean, through their final world's most recent World Series win in '83, um, but then once they started to suck, you know, you saw a little bit of a resurgence in the '90s. But then, like from then on, from '97 on, it just because the Ravens have been so good, it kind of converted into a football town because the Orioles have sucked for so long, mm-hmm. and even when the Orioles started getting good in the like early 2010s uh like going to a couple playoff games baltimore kind of skeptically came out was like okay we're a little excited and then they went back to sucking and we're like oh, all right yeah we knew it right, that was they lied to us that that wasn't actually a good team we're going back to the ravens yeah. so yeah, i like- and yeah i could see that with like the with the cardinals if the cardinals had been like orioles level bad for the past 20 years yeah, they wouldn't yeah. think of st louis as this huge baseball time. right right um, it's definitely got to do with the team success. And I, like I said in my origin story, uh, I grew up an Orioles fan. So I have a Cal Ripken poster right over there. Uh, my that, man. That I've had since, man, I was eight years old, I think. Uh, and my dad still lives in the D.C. area in Arlington. So he's actually a huge Nationals fan now because he, oh, cool. he hates the Angelos family. But he was an Orioles fan for the longest time until the Nats came and, and saved him. Yeah, the Angelos family is is pretty terrible. Yeah, um, that's awesome though. Ripken poster. I my dude, my room as a kid was covered in Cal Ripken. I mean, the the have I ever? I think I've told the story about like my family getting distracted by Cal Ripken's divorce when I'm um I had just dodged a, a bomb threat at my work. <laughs> I no, I, was, I, I, I oh, so so the 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 story of that is I so I used to work at a Baltimore TV station at WBFF, and while I was working there, a person walked into the vestibule of the front of our off uh, station, and said, "I have a bomb strapped to me, and if you don't put me on TV, I'm going to blow up the station." Um, he also showed up in a panda onesie. That's not important, but uh, I wanted to add the detail, and uh. So I was at work when that happened. I called 911 because uh, my, my friend was working the front desk, called me down, and was just like, call 911, tell him there's a guy here who's got a bomb. And I was like, oh, what? And it was so super scary. Turns out, did not have a bomb. Uh, it was candy bars uh, with like wires attached to them. The guy was kind of... Um, it disturbed, um, but like refused to listen to police orders, kept walking. They thought he had a bomb. He Ugh. got shot by the cops. 
like by a sniper. Like it was all he's a he's alive. He lived. Whoa. Ended up in a uh, mental institution, but um, all that stuff. So super crazy, super scary. And also, while that was happening, my wife was coming to visit me for lunch uh, with our newborn and uh, my older son. Just like because she was on maternity leave, she's like, "Oh, we'll come have lunch." So she pulls in as we're evacuating the building. So like crazy stressful. We all we we kind of gather at this local coffee shop nearby, and everybody's on the phone with their parents and like crying, like "I love you," and I just like you know having their their moments. And so I text my parents and I'm like, "Hey guys, just want to let you know that there was bomb threat at Fox 45. So if you hear of anything, you know I'm I'm okay." And my mom texts back and she goes, uh, that's, that's a bummer. Is, are you, or she said, are, oh, are you outside? And I said, yeah. And she's like, oh, that's a bummer. It's raining. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And then my, and then my dad, the next text is from my dad. And he goes, did you guys hear Cal Ripken got divorced? And I was like, uh, and then my mom responds, yeah, I heard he got divorced. I heard he's moving to like the Annapolis area now. And I'm like, guys, focus. <laughs> like we just like, every, like literally behind me are people sobbing and telling them like telling their parents, I love you. And like my parents were just like, Can you get out the boost? Can you believe it? And I'm like, guys, I just thought my life was in danger. Why and you're to Annapolis? Right. He's like, yeah, my mom's like, I heard he's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Replace me with Cal Ripken then, guys. And I'm just like, it's <laughs> like, but that's that's what like Cal Ripken is like this, you know. But it was just, oh my God, it was such a weird moment. So I'm like, they're just and they're just going about Cal Ripken's divorce in this group text. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm, you know, I'm fine. Thanks. But yeah, it was, if you Google it though, WBFF uh, bomb threat, it's, it's a bunch of news stories about it. It was a wild story, but it was a crazy day. Uh, but yeah, so Cal Ripken is uh, needless to say a high holy name in the Palmer household, him and Brooks Robinson. Um, but Anyways, yes, yeah, Zach. So, so jumping from there, yes. um, I'm curious what your ballpark experiences are. Have many of you been to which are your favorites? Uh, any like go-to ballpark foods, that whole that whole shebang. So um, just tell us some of your favorites first. Yeah, if you've been to more than a few. Yeah, I love that question. Uh, so Wrigley's my number one. I could say that as a Cardinals fan. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's a party. I love the neighborhood. It's, I haven't been there. I guess it's probably 2017 was the last time I've done there. And I know they've prettied it up since then, but I love that it was kind of falling apart. It was gross. And you had to pee in a trough. Um, oh, did they have a pee trough? Oh, oh yeah. until very, oh, yeah. very recently. Yeah. So I think is, even just like this past year. This, this is, I was talking about a pee trough with uh, my wife and her sister. Um, <laughs> like, like a couple months ago, we were just talking about like, the awkwardness of public restrooms. And I was talking like, yeah, well, you've never, you know, had to experience a pee trough at a stadium where it's just a bunch of dudes standing around a bowl, like peeing into it. Yeah. And I'm like, and my, and my wife was like, oh, why is that awkward? And I'm like, why is that not awkward? And she's like, oh, just make conversation with some of the guys at the show. No. <laughs> I'm like, are you nuts? Well, I'll get punched. I mean, what? I'm just going to look at a guy and just be like, hey, man. How's it going? Like, what do you say? Like, 
no, hey, nice, not, nice day we're having here in the bathroom. Like that's a nice thick frothy stream you got there. Like what am I supposed to say? And also, I can't talk to a man. Do you have asparagus for dinner? Yeah, like I, I and the, this is the thing I told my wife is like I cannot like be talking to somebody while we're just both holding our. Mercy. We'll bleep yeah. that out. But like I, I can't, I can't have what? a conversation. I I can't have a conversation with somebody while that's happening. Like I, this, this is where I this is I would like to normalize this, not necessarily because it should. Like I'm okay with it. I just know that if I for some reason tried to talk to someone, like I would just get probably beat up because people are weird. But like no, I I, I would. Like, oh no, my god, I would hide like just not hide, but like inside. If I, someone started saying, talking it's, it's to me, more, I'd be like, I would say it's more the fact of the trough than it is the, <laughs> yeah, the trop too. scenario. Like, I would like to normalize stage fright on this podcast because I'm, I'm not yeah. really like ashamed of my Johnson um, <laughs> unit, whatever you'd call it. Randy, Randy Johnson, the big unit. The sheriff of the deputies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sheriff of the deputies. Uh. I like that. But and for some just... reason, like <laughs> sometimes the sheriff does not want to fire his weapon. No, um, when it's amongst a group, especially if yeah. some guy's yeah. trying to hold a conversation, yeah. I don't, it takes sometimes it's hard to pee when there's like five dudes around you. Also, yeah. like, I think there's too know. much. There's too much commotion. Like I really don't care. You can look at it and whatever, but um, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, we, can all, <laughs> we can all acknowledge. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. I just love it. look. It's not great. You want. You're not you will not be impressed. Like just <laughs> go ahead. I'm not impressed by yours, you're not impressed by mine. I, I don't care about that aspect of it. It's just like sometimes it it does not want to cooperate. No, I get that. And and sometimes you like you you really gotta pee and yeah. then you're sitting there like crap, now I gotta deal with this. I gotta go get start... to the back of the line because yep. it took too long. <laughs> yeah, well and then yeah, if especially if it's a crowded event like a concert or whatever, Touchdown. you can't stand there forever. Ah, oh, sweet, yes. Ravens touchdown, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, no, you can't like just stand at the urinal forever because there's people waiting, and so you can't be like, you know, hey, let's hurry this up. So it's just it's it's a friggin' nightmare. You know what, um, yeah, what yeah. trick? If people, <laughs> if people are listening to this because we're normalizing stage fright, that's um, right. The trick that I learned that has worked the best in my life, and sometimes I'm just even alone and it's not going. Yeah, um, after like several several cocktails. <laughs> um, if you if you count if you go two plus two equals four, four plus four equals eight, eight plus eight equals sixteen, sixteen plus sixteen equals thirty-two, thirty-two yep. plus thirty-two. If you keep going and it gets harder and harder, um, your mind will take mm. your, your mm. sheriff mm. and his deputies off the, <laughs> the, the focus that you're trying. Because once you think about, oh, I really have to pee. If you start distracting yourself, yeah, no, I get that. You start used to because because I feel like what happens is you start stressing yourself out because you start thinking like, oh, I'm not going to be able, but I need to go so bad, but I'm surrounded by people, and you start getting in your head. Yeah. So if you give your if you give your brain something to do, it's like a little monkey, and you need to give it a toy. And if it starts playing with this toy of like, I'm going to count squares. Then all of a sudden, the rest of your body can do like, the rest so of the next time. Next time I'm in Wrigley and I can't quite, I can't quite get it to go. And then <laughs> start counting, start counting yeah, your squares. Don't Just don't do it out loud, or else you're gonna look like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, you're making you're making conversation with the guys, <laughs> with the guys at the trough. I, I was just uh, chatting with a couple of the guys at the trough. We were working on our times tables. 
unhinged absolutely unhinged <laughs> i do <laughs> bring it slightly slightly black I'll bring it back to the ballpark the yeah what do you eat at ballparks i wish <laughs> oh yeah we, we, where did this start? sorry sorry i don't know exactly you're going a different <laughs> no, direction I, was gonna say, no, I do but... like that what you said about wrigley though because on it because that's easily i think the most popular answer we've had we've probably had five or six at least people say wrigley even the ones who aren't cubs fans and i think that like People talk about, you know, the history and how cool it is. I like that you came out and straight up said, like, no, it's kind of dingy sometimes. That's kind of part of the character mm-hmm. of it, too. Yeah. And people don't want to admit that sometimes. And it's like, it's a dump. I know it's a dump. It could still be a really cool place and still be, like, kind of gross. And that doesn't necessarily take away from it because at the end of the day, you're in an arena packed in with 40,000 other, 40, other gross people, you know. Right, staring at the back of each other's heads when you're trying to pee and stuff. So stadiums that are too corporate, you know, they just feel that way. They it, you kind of mm-hmm. sap all that. So I've uh, been to Fenway for a game, and I saw fish there one time. That was pretty cool. That's uh, awesome. That, that was actually that summer that I was living up in Cape Cod. How long? How long was that concert? Like three, four hours? Yeah, it was a long time. Then. <laughs> and, really it, it was, and we drove to Cape Cod from actually my cousins in Kansas City picked me up in St. Louis and we drove straight to the Cape for the summer. And the night we got in at like 3 p.m. And a family friend of ours was like, I have six tickets to fish on the field. We're like, all right, well, we obviously got to go. So we drive down to Boston. A few of us had slept at all, you know, over the last 36 hours or so. Um, I had maybe been working on six or seven hours of sleep in those 36 hours. And, but, and the acoustic, I've seen fish a lot and the acoustics at Fenway were not ideal for fish, but still to be there for that show, like I'll, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Bush stadiums. Fine. I, I wouldn't put it up there. Uh, man, what, I guess I haven't been to that. Many. Uh, since Cincinnati, Great American Ballpark, having gone to Dayton, whenever the Cardinals were in town, we would go down there. I, I think it's bottom tier. Really? No. Really? Interesting. Yeah. My my problem with it, actually, maybe top tier because the beer was cheap. This is back then, at least. The beer was really cheap compared to, to Bush Stadium. And you could get down. You could just sneak down to the f- fourth row. Um, oh. I actually have a, a, a cool story about sitting there yeah. in the fourth row. but. Let me think of where else I've been. I guess not that. Oh, Kaufman. I really like Kaufman in Kansas City. Hmm. Um, it's Kaufman a seems area. nice. It's unique because it's very much looks like a building, a, a building that was built in like the late 60s, early 70s. It's not this retro modern design. It's not even really a modern design. It, the The grandstand behind home plate is very tall and steep, and the outfield's sort of empty. They've built it out a little bit, but um, like the the seats are great. When you build a high, steep grandstand, like those seats are the best seats if you actually want to watch baseball, and they they have a lot of that there. Um, I be, I went to old Yankee Stadium. I saw Roger Clemens uh, three, uh, what four hundredth win, three thousandth strikeout. Oh, wow. It was against the Cardinals. I, I took a train from St. Louis to New York for that game, for that series. That, that's oh, wow. Another, that's another story. <laughs> that's, was, that's awesome. I was 15 years old, um, and so my my rich high school friend who I was talking about, they had bought at auction um, a three-night stay in Manhattan and tickets to each one of those games, Cardinals-Yankees. And I told my dad like three months in advance, like, Hey, can you like get me a flight up there? 
And he's like, yeah, totally. I got it. And um, he was a forgetful guy for, for reasons. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't yeah. really check back in until the week before we were supposed to head up there. And I called him and I was like, Hey, do you have like my uh, itinerary number or whatever? I, I need to like get a boarding pass or something. And, and he was like, Oh, I, I never booked that. And like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And we, we looked up flights and this was back when you could not get a flight for very cheap. Like the week of, you can kind of do that now sometimes depending on where you're yeah. flying. Um, and it was going to be like two grand to fly up there. And oh my God. an Amtrak ticket was like 85 bucks from St. Louis to, to mm. New York. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. I don't, I'm, I was 15 years old, got on the train, uh, packed a bottle of vodka in my suitcase. And nice. The first three hours, like the first night of that ride was really cool. And then the, it, it, it got old real fast. <laughs> well, the old, how, how long is that ride? Oh man. I would say 30 hours maybe because you're wow. stopping a lot. You go up to Chicago and then like all across the rust belt <laughs> mm. straight into New York. But um, this is also before it's not like you had like a laptop and Wi-Fi, right? No, was, I think yeah. I had a portable DVD player and I watched the Sopranos, which, which was cool and drank uh, vodka cranberries by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And, and talk to some old men in the dining car. That was kind of cool. And an old school aspect of it is like you'd have dinner in the dining car, like you had a assigned time where you could go back and and sit at a table. And I sat at a, a table with the same three old men who were kind of <laughs> kind of sad guys, but like had a lot. I I, I don't know. I, I had no one to talk to, and I was a little buzzed off my cheap vodka. <laughs> <laughs> we we had conversations. Oh man, that's. <laughs> That's wild. Um, and yeah, then I saw Roger Clemens strike out Edgar Renteria for, I think it was his 4,000th strikeout, 300th win. Wild. One of the, those might be switched around. That's wild. Um, when you go to the ballpark, do you have a, a specific food you love to always get? Or is there like a, you know, a unique food that Bush or any other ballpark sells? You're like, got to get that. Or does it matter? Bush Stadium's food is it's standard ballpark fare. It's it's nothing. Special. They don't have anything. Any St. Louis special? Not that I know of. And if they try it there, it's probably not good. Is yeah. there like good beer at least selection at least? Like I see, I like I like craft beer. But if I'm at a ballpark, I'm wanting to drink a lot of beers. And when I'm drinking a lot of beers, it's it's like you don't want to do the expensive yeah. ones. Yeah. No, no, it's not even about money. It's just like, is it going to make me full? Um, oh I, yeah, I think I'm a guy that thinks there's a place for domestic light beers. Oh, I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah, I'm not like I, I. It annoys me when people get snobby over beer and stuff like that. It's yeah. like sometimes yeah. I just want a Bud Light, you know? Right. I want like what else can you drink twenty of and like be okay? Right. <laughs> like, the, moods, the moods in which I want to do that are fewer and fewer and further between. But it's like. If I had been like I man, I'm I consumed an atrocious amount of light beer at at the at the good old G rate last night, and I like I was already feeling pretty deathly this morning, but I could not have done that with fucking goose island IPAs. IPAs yeah, I yeah. I don't want I don't want an IPA at the ballpark, and maybe part of that is because Bush Stadium, St. Louis is hot as hell during mm-hmm. baseball throughout almost all of baseball season. Like it's hot and humid and I get the flowery herby beer away from me. I need like 
I things that, that I can yeah. I can you you can't drink twenty orange juices and, and like be okay. <laughs> so I don't know what they how they make this product, <laughs> but the ability to drink twenty of them and like come out on the other side is. I Go to BudLight.com slash Shag and Flies for ten percent. No, maybe they're they <laughs> No, they are not. I'd celebrate. You think you think Nick got Budweiser right off the bat? No. Like he'd have better taste. He'd go with Miller. I know. It's, but but yeah. as, as far as uh, as food, yeah, I, at Bush Stadium, I might get a broad or a hot dog. I'm a big ballpark nacho guy, and mm, I, I want it simple. I don't want fancy nachos. I want the round chips with a little. You know they have to have some structural integrity too. I don't. There's like this kind of trend of going with really thin chips because they look like artisan or something. I want the round yellow chip, <laughs> the cheap, you know, the the nasty orange yellow cheese, and then a, bu- <laughs> a bunch of jalapenos. I don't really. Want, I don't trust your ground beef. Don't put it on there. Um, I'll do that at home. I don't even really want your sour cream. Just just mm. cheese, jalapenos nachos and i'm i'm a big food guy you know i i love to cook i love going to great restaurants like that's my favorite way to spend money is like going for a nice meal but yeah. at bush stadium it would not be you know i'm not looking for my culinary yeah ideals to be like you know <laughs> fulfilled there was there was a bit to do on the uh, broadcast last night of the white Sox game about the uh, helmet nachos at guaranteed rate. Oh, really? What were they saying? Yeah, they were. Oh, they were talking. So Adam Wainwright, Wainwright was, yeah. uh, was talking about how, like, yeah, here they have really good uh, helmet nachos because they were just talking about the food. They did a quick breakdown of what a Chicago hot dog is. And then after I was finished throwing up, um, I, I love I, Chicago uh, hot dogs. By let's way. fucking go. <laughs> love Chicago hot dogs. Yes. yes Give me the celery salt, the pickle, the tomato. Mm-hmm. Stupid yes. hot dog yes. salad. Favorite um, guest. Let's go. <laughs> Give me it all. We'll get. We'll, we'll get to this. We'll get to this segment. But you've. Uh, we'll... Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so Ray, Wayne Wright was talking about like I hear these helmet nachos are good, and then like ten minutes later they come back and Wayne Wright's like, so I have some helmet nachos, <laughs> and he was like, apparently all I had to do was say something, and and they got them for me, and like these are really good. <laughs> I did it not watch good. that game, but I'm assuming he did really well. Wayne Wainwright, Wright? yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah. It was good. He didn't. I mean, you know, I'll take God. I'll take any color commentator who's not going to be like, you know, baseball today. I just, I'm John Smoltz. Yeah, all of them. I mean, Christ, if, uh, Buck and Jim Cott and oh um, God, that broadcast and, and Bob Costas. So I mean, many yeah, reasons. so many reasons. Not even, not even talking about Jim Cott and his yeah. whole like, let me get a forty acre yard oh full of God. Yeah. Like, that and was awful. Being like, hold on, I have to read this apology. I have to read this apology. <laughs> Sorry, nah, I know. But uh, uh, even putting that aside, yeah, there was like you know all this conversation about like you know the Rays wish they had five starters and like you know oh, this guy was an opener. My favorite one, Bob Costas goes like this guy was an opener for the Rays, and uh, Jim Cott's like, well, I mean, he, uh, he's an opener, he's a starter. You know, if I if you know if I ask you, hey, what time's the game open? You know, if the game started, it's a starter. So he you know he's a starter, and it's. And Bob Costas even was like, "Well, then we're just having a semantic argument." And I'm like, "Thank you, Bob." Ah, <laughs> uh, and it was just. Yeah. But that's. I'll take anyone who's not complaining about how much they hate baseball. That's really sad too, because I I think Jim Cott and Buck Showalter would have like really good insight into 
the game or just like, like yeah. good, good stories. And I feel like some producer could guide them in a different direction. Uh, I, I, Buck, they should, they should yeah. know better than that or something. I don't know. Yeah. Buck wasn't too bad. It was, it was uh, Buck kind of Buck was the one who then was just like, yeah, the Rays wish they had five starters, you know, but you know what? That might be a fair point to be honest. The, the five, I mean, look, Tampa Bay's pitching coming into the postseason. They are out of Even down the stretch in the regular yeah. season, I was like, "There, this is not going to work this year, fellas. You know, you can't. Yeah. There, there are innings that are going to have to be thrown here. And I don't, I'm looking down this depth chart. I see Shane McClanahan. They finally brought up Shane Baz, I guess. And then what else? Once Glass and I went down, I'm like, you know, the whole like the whole carousel pitching thing works when you have like Snell and Glass now, but right when right. that goes away. Right. And your ace is Ryan Yarborough, then yeah. 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 Man. Drew Rasmussen and Colin. Yeah. My, no, I, yeah. It's yeah. It, well it's it just strikes me as like someone who's just interested in media in general. It's it strikes me as really lazy that you know, you could if you put I'm sure guys like that, like they I'm sure Showalter and Cott are like massive repositories for really interesting anecdotes and baseball sure. stories. Sure. And it just is really lazy to just kind of fall back on oh, you know, it's just not the mm-hmm. same or they do this, well, this and, new thing thing. It's it's and yeah. the other thing I was gonna say with that crew specifically though is I just cannot listen to Costas anymore without hearing the Pedro Strope line in my head. You know where he? Oh, I don't know the Pedro Strope line. Oh, what you don't know that? the Pedro Strope line. I'll put the I'll put the link in in the chat or something like that. But it's I, I, a now famous clip that I don't think would have flown now. It was like 2015 or something like that. Strope is getting yanked from a, from the game, and for the Cubs, and he does the whole like you know like as he walks off the mound and yeah. Costas says in his Bob Costas voice, he's like, "Well, we can only imagine he is." Asking some departed relative for forgiveness for oh I yes I did like, yeah oh my god it, it's like that's all I that's, can think of now that's a thing that we should have we should have asked we had a um, a play by play guy on the show a while back Connor Newcomb oh, and we should have asked him about his opinion on Bob Costas because my my opinion on Bob Costas I I said this on Twitter is that he's like bowling alley pizza he gets the job done but he's not anything spectacular and. You know, I feel like that's kind of what he is. He just kind of eh, being fine. a being a Saint Louisan. Um, and in his younger days, he was awesome, awesome yeah. an yes. awesome play-by-play announcer. And broadcasting's hard, man. You're yeah. If you say enough stuff, you're going to say something stupid. Oh yeah. And, and oh I yeah. Think he f- probably fell into that trap. And I think he's a really smart guy. But he was a very talented broadcaster at one point. I I think he mm-hmm. just. He didn't have to practice it anymore. He does like a few games a year on MLB Network. Mm-hmm. I'm not really defending that comment, but no, 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 no. yeah, it's um, that. See, the solution here is you have Gus Johnson call every game. That's my solution. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear Gus Johnson call one baseball game. I just want to know what it no, sounds like. No, no, I just no. want to know what it sounds like. Well, you, know, like. you know, people would complain about that. He's flipping out over like what a throw to first base! <laughs> I just, oh, like, well, it would be amazing. You know what? I, I love that man. If, if we're doing uh, announcer crossovers, oh um, yeah, let's do it. Who? I, I I said this at like the last World Cup, the one before the most recent one, but like Ian Dark and who was his sidekick? Uh, it's a very very Scottish name. Um. I'm looking it up. I do not know. Fill time. Steve Steve McNamara. Mac, 
Mc, McManaman. Steve uh, McManaman. Steve McManaman. Yeah, yeah. Steve McManaman. And yes. Ian Doc. Um, if they would do like an SEC football game, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, what, yeah. That would be what, amazing. What the hell is this, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> right? That Imagine if fun. we took, like, yo, plot me in front of a cricket, cricket game. Let me try to figure out what's going on in real time. <laughs> hey, boy. Dude, what a, what a show. T- take me, give me an announcer from the Ashes, some shit in Australia, yeah. and bring him over here and try to like let them figure out what's happening in game four of the ALCS. Uh, super cheap reality TV show right there. You would go right to the cliches. There you oh, go. Look at this atmosphere. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> I, you, I feel like we'd probably find that broadcasting is not that different no matter where you go in some Yeah, probably. In some um, um, all right. So now I want to pivot to the uh, last little section where it's just kind of a bunch of random stuff. It's not even baseball. Some of it's baseball. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's like... Just I will to say, give us some I, basic I, I, structure. I think I said this when we were off air, but I like that this is a baseball show that is largely not about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's well to get on the Pitchless Podcast Network, I had to make it sort of about baseball. So I was like, I don't know. But we I, have baseball writers on. I listen to a ton of podcasts, and none of them are really about sports. So I, I like. Yeah. It. Yeah. Well, we I'm, I'm glad. I'm, that's that's what I was going. That's what we're going for. Um, all right, so first thing we're going to ask you is the order of operations. Trifecta, we are going to ask you three things, and we want to know the order in which you do those things. The first one, when you get dressed, socks or pants first? I haven't worn pants in a while. <laughs> it's been hot. Yes. Well, or, or, oh, socks. Yeah, well, when socks. it's colder, yeah. Socks. Hmm. Socks, if it's, we're talking pants? Yeah, pants. I would imagine it's probably shorts first. Oh, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Well, if I'm if it's shorts, then I'd, socks will come eventually. I'm a more of a, like a, a Adidas slides kind of guy. Yeah, I see. I wear flip flops all. We summer. should yeah. clarify because I'm actually not so sure now that I think about it. when we say pants, do we mean like literally pants, or are we, yeah, do like we just mean pants? like the bottom part of your outfit? Never, never thought about it, but um, I would. So I kind of went for the assumption, and this is probably just because of the way I dress in the summer. Is I'm like never wearing socks in the summer. Because yeah. if I'm wearing shorts, I'm wearing flip flops, or I'm wearing Sperry's, mm. and I'm not wearing socks with either. Same. So um, when you say pants, we'll say long. So pants. we'll say long pants. Okay. For, the, yeah, not, for purposes. Then I'm usually wearing long socks, and so I would put the long socks on well before, not well before, but r- interesting. Right yeah. So you're Why? a socks around the house guy. I am. Mm, see, I am not. Not I in think, the summer. Not in the summer. But. Right. But in the winter, you're like you'll wear socks around the house. See, All the I hate having socks on. I take them off as soon as I walk in the door, and I only put them on if I'm about to walk back out. We have different kind of you know f- different levels of flooring, and there's a tile in the bathroom mm. tile, and there's fake hardwood. And there's a little carpet. I, I need to be able to transition to all those without a change in temperature and also a change in um, what might be getting into my skin as far uh, as like uh, crumbs. and. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Glassware. I, get that. I, I think a, a sock is just a good protection. Did you say, did you say glass? Or do you just have glass littered about your house? Like, oh, man, that's another shattered glass. Maybe not so much recently, but we used to have some some parties in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there could that. be stray glass. Sure, 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 sure. Hey, I get that. Better safe than sorry, right? <laughs> so, okay that that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
I found that that's the one that I've waffled on the most since we because, started asking these well, questions. If you if you go socks last and then they're kind of tighter toward the ankle, you know that's an that's an annoyance. That's a, yeah, that's that's definitely one we've gotten a lot. Where it's like, well, if I'm wearing skinny jeans, like this was what uh, right, D, this was this was DJ's point, and he because, wears very skinny jeans, right? Because he skinny. he still dresses like he's leading an indie rock band in 2006. <laughs> Absolutely, and um. Yeah, he said if I'm wearing skinny jeans and I gotta put the uh, socks on first, I get that. I think the first time I met him, oh no, he's gonna listen to this. But I, <laughs> I, I think he was wearing like some tight black jeans and a jean jacket with like a button on it. <laughs> if you like, want to perfect leading an indie perfect. band in the early two thousands. Man, I saw. I love the. I love you, DJ. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. I saw a picture. One of the famous pictures of Jordan throwing out the first pitch at a Sox game, and he had like the full jean suit on, um, like the full <laughs> the Canadian denim. tux. Oh denim, my denim. god! And I thought to myself, like, yo, if like if if the kids, if the Zoomers, the Gen Zers these days, if they really, if they're gonna bring back the '90s fashion thing, they should have the balls to go all the way with it and do the full full denim, full oh, denim. Do it. Do Justin Timberlake's outfit to the VMAs or whatever yeah. that was. One thing yeah. I've noticed, I I live across from a like kind of happening bar that like younger people go to and the change in dress has been very rapid and interesting in the last Mm. year and a half or so Hmm. um like skinny jeans are way out Mm -hmm. as far as like uh girls women females especially like it's it's mom jeans or like baggy jeans or like bell bottom yeah 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 that's 90s stuff coming back is what like (laughs) yeah it's all 90s except like up top it's it's like one string of clothing yeah that's my (laughs) um my youngest sister-in-law she's 12 and the outfits that she always wears to school are all like the pants are all big and a lot of times like ripped to shreds yeah like not like things. not like not like just your you know your typical jean the couple knee. ripped yeah like i like ripped like she was just mauled by a bear <laughs> like just to shreds and but that's i think that's just kind of the thing but yeah i'm not gonna pretend like i was ever in style with anything so i can't oh no me neither i please going in or out of it, you know? <laughs> my my style in middle school was i don't know what to do and i don't know what masculinity is so i'm wearing large basketball jerseys and athletic shorts <laughs> and i think and, for yeah i think for guys it's a lot easier um it's like dudes have worn hats and hoodies and gym shorts for you know yeah my entire life yeah yeah but not that, we, heist, yeah. not that we ever look good, but that's what, <laughs> that's what we've been wearing. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I guess there's I, a lot less, a lot less social expectation. Around cer- certainly, the um, style. the uh, the, the inseam thing, like the shorts have come up. Yes, that's the other. Yeah, thing for sure. Yeah, I'm with that too. I love short shorts. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm okay you know. with short shorts. It's, too. Oh, once I started wearing shorts that like hit right above my kneecap, I was like, oh, I'm so much like it feels so much cooler. It's nice. Pull off some karate moves. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> anyways, uh, the second part of the trifecta. Yes, number two in the order of operations trifecta, which we are still doing. Um, so, <laughs> No, no, don't if, apologize. Don't apologize. This is how it's supposed to go, man. Uh, so if you eat cereal, if that's a part of your diet, and presumably that comes with milk, the two usually go together, uh, what comes first, the cereal or the milk? Not a big cereal guy, but 
fair. It would, ob- it would obviously be the cereal and then the milk. And anything anyone that says otherwise is real weird. You gotta take it up with Jake Seely. <laughs> I'm familiar with Jake, and you know whatever. He's he's the reason we asked this question because he's the only one we we've should, ever. We should shake it up sometime because we do. <laughs> I know. Everyone always. I know. I know. I must have seen that clip, or like I think I was on a panel with him at some point where he was talking about it. He so he's written a lot about it, and we did it on. A, it was like our third ever episode of this podcast, yeah. and it was a live episode we did for PitchCon. Um, uh, and we had, Jake I think on. I was watching this. I think you guys were like yeah. after something that I did maybe. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. We would never be like the main event. So that no, we were definitely like no. late event. No, we were the <laughs> opener and you guys were the headline. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, we, we need to do like a longer episode with Jake cause we had to condense everything into an hour for PitchCon. And so, like, obviously, as you can tell, condensing this into an hour is that actually like we rushed. We rushed like hell is what we did. We would feel a lot more rushed if we did it now after like twenty five episodes of going. Yeah, but we. I mean, we got we got some good. We got his wonderful story about being like cold called by Tony Kornheiser. That was great. (laughs) Yes, dude. I must have watched that whole thing. Yeah, I must have been my first introduction to this. That was it. Was oh man, that was a fun story. I just love that Tony Kornheiser. Like aggressively gave him great advice. He was just like, "Well, then shut up and do it. You want to be a blogger? Then do it." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'm sorry, yeah, just, Tony. <laughs> Especially well, Tony. Like, yeah. Well, we're talking Bob Costas and all those guys. I yeah. Put some respect on Tony Kornheiser's name. As, Man, Tony's good. As a DMV guy, come on. He, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. The truth. He's the and truth. man. I had uh, my uncle a year or two ago was in town for his like one of his high his 40th high school reunion or something like that 50th whatever and he comes back and he's staying he's from he lives in minneapolis now and he's staying with my family and i come in the house i don't know what i was doing and he had just come back and he was telling me oh yeah like one of my uh one of my classmates is a he's a you know media sports media guy and his name is um uh wilbon mike michael wilbon like <laughs> oh man like, that's wild that's wild. <laughs> Which, hey, Chicago dude, so yeah, but that's legendary. so funny. I mean, I'm convinced part of the reason that I'm here probably doing this is because I spent an unhealthy amount of time coming home after school and watching Tony Kornheiser. Watching PTI, yeah. Hey, man, I think it's I think it's still a really good show. And oh I, yeah, I used I, to watch the hell out of PTI. But they're the originators of the whole kind of stupid hot take format that is you know the Skip Bayless mode that's taken God, over everywhere. Oh, they were actually kind of intelligent about it. You know, they weren't. Yeah, they, they don't. Do they don't take it over the top. It's not fake. Well, some of it is, uh, certainly. But well, yeah. When you when you had like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith shouting each no, other, that stuff mission, is that was awful. But, yeah. but Kornheiser and Wilbon. But yeah, totally different. A totally different animal with Kornheiser and Wilbon. There was bu- buddies having a debate. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. like oh, let you you take one side, I'll take the other. Let's shoot this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, we're gonna close out the trifecta. When you brush your teeth, toothpaste or water first. What's the order in which you do that? Ooh. And after you answer, well, while you think about it, I have to confess something that I've been lying to myself. And for some reason, I thought I was a water toothpaste water guy. Turns out I'm a toothpaste water guy. Just toothpaste first. I don't wet the brush first. For all this time in my head, if you asked me, I just do it without thinking because you brush your teeth. You don't think about it. And I mean, half the people we ask this question, they're like, you know, I don't really think about it, but one day I was doing it and I was just like, Oh my God, 
I just put the toothpaste on first. I've been lying this whole time without even knowing it. I think I would generally um, get the hot water going and, and wipe the brush. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. You brush your teeth with hot water? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. What? Crazy. What? No. That's gross. I get the hot. What are you talking about? I'm just cold water. I, I'm not clean, drinking bro. hot you're trying, water. You're trying to kill the bacteria. That's exa- right, that's exactly right. Exactly. You a, get it the nice hot water's not going to be that yeah. hot to kill the bacteria. Okay, it's you know what I'm it making myself like feel it's going to be hot enough. It's going to be boiling. It has to hit boiling to kill bacteria. Uh, okay, you don't even put water on first, so we don't accept your. <laughs> oh, okay. Your input here, Benjamin. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You get the hot water going. I think I get the hot water going. I put the brush under there, and then go toothpaste, and then I might dash it under there for a second and and go. But I, I don't know. I, I, it depends on what what I'm doing if I'm, if I'm like in a rush. Um, but if, if it's like an after shower brush, I think I'll, I got the hot water going already. Um, yeah. Hot water brush. Yeah. Brush water, toothpaste brush. That makes sense. That so makes things sense. Things get cleaner with warm water than they do with cold water. Of course True. you do. I mean, Man, you, I can't. Why do Why oh, do man. you brush your teeth with cold water? I think would be the, because I don't like the sensation of hot water in my mouth. I think that's really what it is. I don't that's, like. That's valid. I mean, don't like that. Hot water is kind of weird, so I can see that. Drinking hot water is weird, yeah. and and one of the things you know, you swish and spit afterwards, so you're like swishing that water around. I don't want it hot. It just feels. I don't know. It's it weird. Feels cleaner. It's like washing the dishes. You know, it's funny. I I, I guess I can understand that. It's just it's one of those things where like I never even realized people did that till just now. That's wild. Um, well, it's like just I didn't realize until you and Sarah Griffin talked about it that people cared what other people's windshield wipers looked like. What, dude? Happened. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't. I don't know that that's everybody. Do you notice when it's raining and you're driving? Do you notice what other people's windshield wipers are doing? Like, how I, so so no. I am self conscious <laughs> about like if my windshield wipers <laughs> are moving <laughs> too fast. <laughs> I so that's this is if this is I think I just lucked out and that Sarah is is similar <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, in that way but so what so if I'm driving and it's raining and I have my windshield wipers on if it's like absolutely pouring whatever we all got it on full blast but if it's just like rain and I've got it on full blast and I'm looking around at the stoplight and everyone's got it on just regular I'm like am I an idiot like <laughs> am I am I like trying too hard and then vice versa, if it's raining and I've got it on regular and I see someone that's just like on full blast, I'm like, <laughs> nice. You know, that, I, God, that's that would be like the most basic um, function meets uh, form. Like, <laughs> it's just whatever works for you. Why would you? I, don't, I know. I, I Trust me. Look, I know that intellectually. And I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm in, inside my own head a lot about stuff and self conscious, but. It's, God, that it's, that would not be one thing. To- <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's an obscure form of social anxiety. I don't know what it is, man. Because no one cares. You're right. No one cares. You think there's anybody else driving around be like that idiot? And if they are, who cares? But whatever. My, my stupid. My best brain. advice to young people and self conscious people is: no one's thinking about you. No one cares. Absolutely. But especially, no one's thinking about your windshield wipers. Nobody's all. thinking the about my windshield wipers. Yes, absolutely not. I know. I, I that so I, Zach, yeah, I don't think that's like I common. I would say thing. with ninety eight percent certainty that person's not thinking about you. I would say with a hundred and ten percent certainty they're not thinking about your windshield. Wipers. Unless I'm driving next to Sarah Griffin, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, my favorite question to ask have you ever seen a ghost 
or experienced something, a phenomenon or something that you could not explain? Or have you ever seen a UFO or any, something like that? Oh, I knew this question was coming and I, I told myself to think of a good answer. It's uh, okay if the answer is no. The, yeah. No, I don't believe in ghosts, certainly. Um, Talk to I, DJ about his ghost. I know he's whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. wait, he yeah he mentioned it on the on the podcast we did on circling the bases. He 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 had like an addendum to his ghost story. Yeah, it was like he had another ghost ghost. Well, experience. it's always like secondhand accounts. Yeah, um, and then I believe that there's intelligent life out there in in our universe, whatever our universe is. Uh, but I have not encountered it personally. Um, That's fine. And I feel like in... in uh, So the New York Times has written about these Pentagon tapes of things that, that Navy ships or Navy yep. crafts yep. have picked up. Like, why do we not have more... Everyone has like a 4K camera in their phone now or in their pocket now on their phone. How do we not have like one decent shot of these things if they're in there? It's kind of like Bigfoot, you know? It's like, why Why is every photo of Bigfoot Big, so blurry? Bigfoot, Bigfoot's stupid. <laughs> you know? Ghosts yeah. are stupid. Bigfoot's stupid. I believe that there could be advanced civilizations that have the ability to travel to our planet. Um, I, I think that's that could be legit, but I, I would... I How do we not have some kind of... But it, this could also be like, we're ants and we're talking about how do we not have pictures of uh, like the the cars driving by us on the highway yeah. as ants. Yeah. It's, it's because it's too big yeah. and we don't understand it at all. We're exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. I've uh, the quote I always go back to is Arthur C. Clarke once said, "We are either entirely alone in the universe or we're not, and both options are terrifying." Yeah. Uh, so okay, well, and that's totally fine. Um, you ever almost died? Hmm. No. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I guess I'm fortunate. In that. That's a good, safe life then. <laughs> I know. I've kept it pretty safe. I've, no, that's good. Do you have yeah, a preference between crunchy and creamy peanut butter? I'm going to say crunchy, but I don't utilize peanut butter enough to have a strong opinion in the crunchy, creamy game. Peanut um, butter is gross. I like it, but I like Reese's. I think Reese's is the king of candy. But that's, that's uh, a question we should throw on there. Is it, it's Reese's and not Reese's, right? I appreciate you saying Reese's. Mm-hmm. That candy belongs to Reese. It is not Reese's. There's that an apostrophe. I just, that is a possessive proper noun. I just obey you know, American English grammar. <laughs> yep. It's Reese's Pieces. It's not Reese's Pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay. So – one. Uh, oh, go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think? my my personal favorite in terms of the yes. range of answers we get. I think is um, if you had a superpower, or if you could pick a superpower, uh, what would it be? And that can be interpreted in like what a superpower is is really whatever that right. you want. So that's probably a right answer to this. <laughs> um, I mean, in, invisibility, in, invisibility. It keeps coming. Visibility is cool. I mean, you could. Not that I'm. You could get away with a lot of things, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And you know, take that wherever you'd like. <laughs> well, I feel like Bank whenever. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like 
invisibility would be cool, but the problem is whenever someone says invisibility, like some people, they immediately think like like pervy stuff. And it's like no, like being invisible could be super cool. Like also, it, if I had like two billion dollars, the other the pervy stuff would take care of itself. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't even need to worry about it. Yeah. Exactly. No, invisibility would be super cool. It'd be super dope. Um, there's gotta be a there's gotta be a right answer. I don't know. No, I don't. So the thing with flying, it was. A, I wish I remember who it was. It was a comedian who was talking about people saying they want to. If they had could have a superpower, they fly. He's like, you don't even run. You talk. You want to. <laughs> like, you like the requisite amount of energy. Like there was an actual physics component to yeah, it. You like know? you want to run in the air, please. <laughs> like <laughs> what a joke. Um, it's cold up there too. You know? Yeah, the it's thing. hard to breathe. You know. Oxygen, not so great. A lot of logistics there. It's not. Really yeah, exactly. Invis- right. Invisibility. Yeah, you could just kind of be like, "Hey," and you just flip it off. If you're in a crowd and you don't feel like you know dealing with people being around, boo, shut it off. You're invisible. Great. Yeah, exactly. I think that you could a- expose a lot if if you want to take it in like a morally correct direction. You could expose a lot of corruption. There you go. In the world, mm, absolutely. The wall. You could absolutely. be the you could be the best journalist. Oh my god! Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um. Yeah. All right. So, two more questions I want to ask before we get to the the very final part, which mm-hmm. is the full count. Uh, first one I want to ask: You have been writing for a very long time. Uh, what is an important lesson that you've learned about writing? Wow. I I really like writing as a craft and thinking about it. Man, the best lesson. Oh man, I, I go back to I had a really good seventh grade English teacher who taught us uh, what was it essay form where you have one two three four five like an intro three argument bodies and then an outro kind of thing a conclusion and you know we had to like master that and then after we mastered that and like we all you know submitted our five-part essays she was like all right forget the whole thing like break the rules like learn the rules and then break all of them um which i thought was like really brilliant and that's really cool yeah it's in seventh grade it like exploded my mind oh okay like yeah screw all this and like we learned direct object we're going through all this stuff and then then she's like now don't do it you know you can do some of that but you don't have to and so i would i would say like re my, and then my, once you get beyond that, my best advice would be read, uh, read yes. really good authors. And you don't have to read what people tell you to read. Like find your own thing that you really like. Like uh, Cormac McCarthy breaks all the rules mm. of grammar, and that's annoying to some people. Where he has just paragraphs and paragraphs without any punctuation. Daniel Woodrell is a guy I really like who just like uh, seeps so much context into his sentences um i i it, read your favorite writers and try to copy them because you can't copy them yeah but if you try you'll be a better writer in doing it i in eighth grade we had a, a teach i had really good teachers growing up um an eighth grade english teacher who made us try to write like hemingway because we had read old man in the sea um and i wrote a piece about this float i had so i uh, like on a, a beach, a family beach vacation. This is a real story. There's, we had this alligator float where you could fit six kids on, and oh, I would wow. I would like volunteer to drag it like through the waves, 
um, and this was in Cape Cod where like my dad's side of the family is from. And so we would go up there every summer. And, I, and I, like, so I wrote that and one day it got away and I was, and I was like pulling it. It was a big storm and I had all my cousins on the back and they got, they got flopped off and the current took it away. And like, I wrote a, a piece about it in eighth grade uh, <laughs> in like a Hemingway style, like old man. Yeah. Lee, and, and he like had me read it in front of the class. Cause he was like, you know, you, you actually got pretty close. <laughs> like this is like really mm-hmm. a really like good telling of the story in a Hemingway style. So cop, try to copy your, your favorite writers mm-hmm. from modern times or older times. And it'll make you better at tr- thinking about such a structure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And eventually you'll find your own voice because yes. like you said, yeah. you're not going to copy them. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can't start, copy them, you're not going right. to be as good as they are. It's okay. I've, yeah. I've said a thousand times on this podcast when I started writing about fantasy, I was just doing a Tristan Cockroft impression because yeah. uh, he was my favorite writer at the time. And, uh, and so, you know, you kind of start copying that at first, but then eventually that turns into your own voice and you ask any musician, any extremely famous band, they were copying the people who came, their idols, and then extending that. I I think of it like uh, writing and music and cooking kind of similarly mm. in that you have to know the basics. You start out by following recipes and kind of writing stilted and, you know, playing reading tabs and playing scales. And after a while... You can improvise a little bit. Once you know how everything works, you don't have to go quite, you know, adhere quite as closely to the quote unquote rules, whatever those might be to the standard operating procedures. And you can kind of fiddle around and put your own little flair on whatever it is you're doing, you know, by making those alterations. And you can't really do that until you have a sense of the basics. But, um, But once you get there, it's like, yeah, that, that's how you develop your own style, just doing it over and over and over again until you know what you like to do and what your little, those little bits of flair uh, are. So yeah, one more question before we get on to the full count. And this can be like, you really, like most of these, do not have to think super hard about this. It's usually just whatever comes to your head. Uh, tell us about a time where you laughed really hard. Could be like the dumbest thing imaginable. Does not have to be a good story. Rolling on the floor, you know, everything is out the window. Hysterical. Maybe somebody fell down. Maybe somebody farted. Maybe you're at a funeral. You're at church. You're at a wedding, Mm. and you're not supposed to be laughing. You're in class, and somebody's doing an impression of the teacher, or you're not supposed to be laughing. (laughs) <laughs> any of those anything and like uh, i guess it doesn't have to be a good story a bunch of uh man <laughs> a lot of stories come to mind i i can't honestly share a lot of them <laughs> god i'll share one ah screw it yeah so uh it, it, it's a lot of like my college friends who are like the funniest dudes and still are friends i'm great friends with today and um oh this is such an insensitive story i don't really want to tell it <laughs> you don't have to it's, okay. yeah, don't have it's, to. it's not that insensitive but fuck <laughs> <laughs> well let me try to think of something clear okay it's not that insensitive 
but I'm it, it's kind of insensitive. It, it, <laughs> it makes me sound like an asshole. But that's okay. I guess it all depends on who it's who. Yeah. So all right. So I went to the University of Dayton, and they had this thing called Dayton to Daytona every year, where like for spring break, or I th- yeah, or the it was like the summer after school was wrapped up, so not spring break, but we got a better deal so they would rent out the school would rent out four hotels in daytona beach florida and like get a concert every day like we had jack's mannequin play there this this particular year yeah it was great and real big fish um you know not bad for like getting bands to come down to daytona and free beer every day so, so for three hours on like this certain pool deck, there was free beer, just kegs. You had a cup. I still have some of these cups around. <laughs> um, God, I can go grab one. But um, <laughs> so you, they would just fill your cup, and it was you know it was crazy. And one kid, uh, a kid died this year that we were down there. And God, this. Is not that funny, but <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're committed now. He if died, you're gonna get wet, go swimming. He uh, he had a a condition where you bleed. You you don't you're like your blood doesn't create hemophilia. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. So he cut himself shaving, and he was hammered, and he was in the bathroom alone, and he like just laid down in the bathtub and died. Oh my Very God. sad. Yeah. Um, and so we had a funeral for him on the the pool deck during what would have been free beer, which was cool. Um, and we had like an, uh, a suite overlooking the area where this was happening. And um, one of his friends gets on the mic and I'm with a bunch of St. Louis kids who had met at Dayton, not necessarily in St. Louis. Like I mentioned that Albert Pools off Lidge home run. Right. And um, one of his friends got up there and he's like, so this would have been in 2008 or so. And the Cubs had been terrible for a long time because, you know, Garrett, I think his name was Garrett and RIP Garrett. I'm sorry. I'm telling the story on this podcast, but he was like, um, but he's like, you know, Garrett was a big Cubs fan and, you know, just let's all root for the Cubs to win the world series. <laughs> and I look at my buddy, Phil, and we just both shout out. No, <laughs> like so, it was a very quiet ceremony. <laughs> Of like you know, four thousand kids and two assholes yelled no, and everyone around us like cracked up because it was a very tense moment. Oh my god! Uh, no, that's hilarious. I, that's... This is why funerals are only for people who actually like knew, knew the people involved closely. Right? Do shit like that. I did Look, come. This... Be, I did come to be friends with uh, Garrett's R.I.P. Garrett's his sister. And she was a cool gal, and that is—it's all good. Um, that's hilarious. No, that's hilarious. Levity to the moment, I think. <laughs> I think that's hilarious because, like, it's like because that no, what it says is like no. Look, that is a bridge too far. <laughs> for the this world, man. it comes when the World Series. Like, okay, look, look, I'm sad. We're all sad here. But you want us to root for the Cubs to win the World Series? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great tragedy what happened, and I. I don't even know if they still do this trip anymore because I think there were other kids that died. Uh, well, if you give a bunch of kids free beer for three days, yeah, that's one other one other thing that maybe you should cut this part out is I was like, they didn't serve free beer for that three hour period that we had the funeral. So, just I want to know like where the money went. I don't really, 
I could send it to the family. Yeah. But where did the money go? Because we're talking about running through a, a hundred kegs, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. the distributor probably still got that money for the keg. Yeah. Right, anyway, I so here's what I thought you were gonna say is that the funeral was going on while people were still like pounding back kegs. Oh no, we were all <laughs> like, drinking for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just imagining like this wild like people just drinking like crazy behind you and like anyways this funeral. No, but pe- people were really quiet and reverent for it, which is why the nose rang out across. Yeah, yeah. We're up, we're up like three stories up from where the speeches are happening, and it's in a big circle. Yeah, kind of a courtyard next to the beach, um, so the nose like rang out. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's you put that you put that in a in a, a sitcom. <laughs> And it's hilarious. Yeah, that's great. No, that's a great story. I love that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. About I would have died if if I would have uh, <laughs> phrasing, but I would have died laughing. Uh, You're the one uh, that's insensitive. <laughs> that's fine. Um, no, I that that I would have cracked up if that had happened at the funeral. But see, I'm the so I I should also say I'm the kind of person who like handles grief and uncomfortable situations with humor. Yes. So I'm a horrible person to have at funerals. I just the worst. My dad is that way too, which is great. Cause like he and I at family funerals, we'll just start making jokes about the person who died. Like, we'll look at an old picture of grandpa. He looks kind of weird, you know, whatever. And so that, but that, and that's, that's how we deal with it, which has gotten me into a lot of trouble uh, in the past. But well, you know, <laughs> I had never understood why people said, uh, when someone died, oh, I'm so sorry. Until it happened to me, because you don't really have anything else to say. There's nothing here. Yeah, there's nothing you can say. So you're just like, I'm sorry, it even though it's you. not your fault. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, no, it, and you know, it's when it does happen to you. you, you I always feel weird going up to somebody, you know, who a friend who's you know relative died and you're like I'm, I'm so sorry because saying that it just it feels, it feels weird cheap. it feels manufactured it feels yeah it feels cheap, cheap. Hell. Right. right but you it feel, it feels like giving them a, a you know a greeting card full of money for their birthday but um but then when it happens to you and someone does come up to you that just the fact that they showed up and that they cared and that they're there mm-hmm. that's all that matters so whatever they, if they say i'm so sorry great whatever that's that's not the point i'm oh. not looking i'm not looking for some soliloquy uh about you know the nature of life and death it's not what i'm looking for i'm just looking for somebody to just be present yeah so no, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not knocking it i just when, when i was like no, yeah. i was like it logically doesn't make sense why why are these people all saying they're sorry? why are so many people at this funeral apologizing for <laughs> killing this man are they all the murderers like is there an investigation <laughs> Mom, did did thirty people kill Mima? <laughs> what happened? I thought you said she died in her sleep. All these people are confessing to the murder right now. <laughs> like, God damn! <laughs> All right, we are going to move to the last part of this. This um is the full count. We are going to ask you for a recommendation in each of five categories: three and two, full count. So, uh, what I always say with this. It does not have to be an obscure or profound recommendation. Just first thing that pops in your head, that's what we want. So with that in mind, first category is books. What is a book that you would recommend? Like I said, first thing that pops in your head, it I does know. not have to be something incredible. Or... <laughs> the old man and the sea. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, if you want to say, hey, old man and the sea. You ever heard of Hemingway? 
<laughs> you ever heard of this Hemingway guy? I could say like a Cormac McCarthy book too. Yeah. I really like um I like Daniel Woodrell. I, I think he uh, most people know about him. Um he's a one of the best American writers. He wrote like Winter's Bone, which they turned into like a Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, that's movie. right. That was right, that was right. a good movie. Yeah, he's from the Ozarks in Missouri and has just a very unique style. Uh Kind of like Cormac McCarthy, where he doesn't pay so much attention to grammar rules, and mm-hmm. um, but he builds so much context and color into his characters and his scenery. Um, I would go with, uh, I mean, the death of Sweet Mister. I think won hmm. won some kind of award, but Tomato Red. Uh, yeah, that would be my recommendation and like the, nice. these are all re- fairly recent books he's a in the last decade um kind of author if you like like great prose he's he's the guy I'm yeah. try- i was trying to think of like a non-fiction book um but it, it's uh, it's all about taste yeah book is lightly taken lightly here too oh yeah, yeah we've had we've, we've had recommended a comic i was about to say we've had comic books yeah. i think it was jake i think I think he might have read him in. Jake, I think Jake. No, Jake Seely. Oh, Jake, because Jake was like, I don't really read books, but I read comic books, and I'm like, well, we just <laughs> spent we just spent 20 minutes talking about Ducktales, so that tracks. <laughs> I want. I want to like. I want to think about that question some more. Though. That's fine. If you got another answer later, that's fine too. Yeah, feel free to circle back. But um, um the birth of the Third Reich. Uh, oh, no, I'm just, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was like, uh, Mein Kampf. Have you ever read that? <laughs> I was about to make that joke. I was like, <laughs> we had some ideas. You <laughs> say what you will about the man. <laughs> oh my god, you ever read that Atlas Shrugged? I found Atlas Shrugged at my dad's, uh, at my parents' house. I thought my, my dad had Rand. Yeah, it's Ayn Rand. Mm-hmm. And like my so I found it. I was going through some of my dad's old books and he has Atlas Shrugged. And I was like, Have you ever read this? And he's like, No. Someone gave it to me as a secret Santa at work. Oh and I'm like, God. What a book I'd to give your secret Santa. I mean, like that to be fair, you know, to my dad, it's he's not like Ayn Rand's not super far off from his politics. He's very, very conservative. But the fact that like someone at work was just like, "Hey, here's a year's worth of reading. Like, here's a twelve hundred page book. You'd like that, right?" It's like I don't know. That's you give someone something light for Secret Santa, not Atlas Shrugged, or like, <laughs> "Here's Battleship Earth. You want to read that?" Like, just... oh god, <laughs> my dad has an old copy of that too. Oh man. But I anyways, to, I really love historical fiction, and I wanted to come up with a good one of those. But mm. it's been a while since I've I've read one. Anyway, we can move on. So you did mention earlier that you love food and you love cooking, and that is your um, like your favorite way to to spend money. So our our second recommendation then is uh, food of like any kind, restaurant ingredient dish recipe, you know, anything food related. Wow, that feels open ended. Anything at all? St. Louis style pizza. You can get into that. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) It's um, really, you've never heard of this? I've never heard of St. Louis pizza, no. Oh, so it's uh, a thin crust Provel 
cheese, which is kind of like a Velveeta <laughs> style cheese almost. It's okay. a fake cheese trying to combine provolone um, and white cheddar and mozzarella huh. into, into the perfect style pizza cheese. I, I don't know. I, I can't really describe it, but that's like a, a St. Louis delicacy. Oh. Let me let me think. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's got its own Wikipedia page. So. Yeah, it's a big deal around here. It's its own huh. economy. There's probably 300 restaurants that that serve this stuff. Huh. I yeah, I've never heard of it. That's wild. Oh, it's made okay. It's um, it's it's made with um unleavened crust. So does a friend to yeah to my it's my new very cake. very flat and fake and flaky, hmm. crackerish. Yes. Interesting. Very much crackerish. Hmm. Wow, that would be really interesting to try. I'll have to if I'm ever in St. Louis. Jeez. I'm gonna definitely try that. I'm just surprised you've avoided the the St. Louis style pizza discourse just, on Twitter. <laughs> Good for you. Well, there's, I mean, there's definitely a Chicago hot dog discourse on Twitter. I've been well, right in the middle I of don't that. Know. All I see is people talking about how great it is, and then a couple of haters who just, you know. I mean, to... there's only one side to be on on the Chicago hot dog yeah. debate. <laughs> I don't know about that. In, you know, the pizza thing I could be ambivalent about because, like, yeah, I don't particularly like deep dish, and I actually get kind of annoyed when people like say Chicago pizza and they think like all we eat is deep dish, but the hot dog is a hill that I will absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I will die on Hemingway style. That, that, that Malort. Uh, <laughs> that Malort. Oh, oh, I had a shot of Malort recently. Did you? Yeah. What'd you think? So I'd had it in the past. It was still gross, but um, <laughs> people are shooting a lot of gross things these days. And you know, that's, it's <laughs> the Malort's same. one of them. I would take I'd... Malort over Rumpelman's possibly fireball. Uh, certainly over the peanut butter whiskey, whatever that thing is that's going on. <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, that. Uh, They've I mean, got, dude, there's a pumpkin whiskey at the liquor store near me right now. Pumpkin whiskey. Nope. 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 Don't want that. I want no part of that. Threw that into some kind of. Big, Maybe if you mixed it. Maybe. Yeah, even some big then. brew. Even then. Um, all right. Next recommendation. Movies and or TV. What is a movie and or like TV I'm show? Up here, though. No, no, no. There, there is, it is impossible for you to screw up. If you're doing it wrong, you're doing it right. It, you cannot screw it up. Okay. It is the first thing that pops in your head. And so far, St. Louis pizza. Great. Great recommendation. You know it existed until just now. And now I have to yeah. check it out. I have to find some Provel cheese is what I really need to find now. Yeah. Anyways, movies and or TV. There used to be an emos in Chicago, I think, at one point, or or pretty close to maybe in Peoria. Um, movies and TV. I need a a recommendation that people wouldn't know. No, 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 no. So literally, so if you want to be like so thinking about emos. First thing, first thing that pops in your head. If you want to be like, hey, everyone should go see Citizen Kane. Great. Why is that? That why? I just want to know what's special about it to you. So. Whatever, it does not have to be obscure. It does not have to be anything special. It is the first thing that pops in your head. What would you recommend? You can do a movie, a, you can do a TV show, or you can do both. Whatever you want to do. Um, God, I feel like these are like too open-ended. <laughs> Describe the universe and give examples. But, but, no, but yeah, that—that's the beauty of the question. Um, shit. Sorry, Zach. 
<laughs> you're just making more work for Zach. I'm fine with it. Again, once we're like, we're, we'll have to apologize to Adam because it's like really once we get past like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes deep into editing, I'm just kind of like, is that a curse? I don't know. <laughs> I did see that the, the Thin Red Line is on Netflix. And uh, my. Oh, wow. My. Yeah. It just came on there uh, within the like over the weekend and my wife had never seen it. My new wife had never seen it. She was bored by it. I made her watch it. She was very bored by it. Um, it's a long movie. It's a long movie. It's weird. Uh, there are a bunch of very famous actors that move in and out of it. And it came out. It was a world war two movie that came out the same year that saving private Ryan came out. Um, and it's, but God, I think it's beautiful. It is. It's, it's Terrence uh, Malick's return to film. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is it's Terrence Malick, so it's definitely like it can. Terrence Malick can be difficult. It's a bit much. It's, yeah, and yeah. his projects after that are super hit or miss, mostly miss. And it's a lot of the same tropes and a lot of the same. It it almost makes Thin Red Line weaker because he kind of tries to do the same voiceover hmm. thing, um, but. Man, I think that is one of the best war movies I've ever seen. It's definitely, definitely, a, I think, kind of under. And it's funny to call it underrated considering how many Oscars it won. But um, did it win a lot of Oscars? I, I oh, mean, dude, yeah, it won. Um, it was nominated for like uh, a seven. It was nominated for seven. Um, did it? Oh, you know what? It didn't win anything. It was nominated for seven uh, Oscars. And Gene Siskel, if you remember him, the yeah. movie critic, called it the greatest contemporary war film I've ever seen. Wow! Um, but I mean, this—I mean, the cast, man. Like you said, Sean Penn, Adrian Brody, Jim Caviezel, Nick Nolte, Woody Harrelson, John, uh, George Clooney, John Cusack, Clooney Jared Leto. Like five minutes. <laughs> yep. Jared Leto, Tim, uh, Tim Blake, yeah. Tim Blake Nelson, uh, John Travolta. Uh, John C. Riley. Travolta's who, in it for like five minutes. Yep, John C. Riley. Who is Riley's in it? Yeah, he's John C. Riley. I, I swear to God, one of the most underrated actors. Oh, I've said this before. Just because that. he talks like a muppet and uh, does a lot of movies with Will Ferrell, he's a great drama actor. He's the best character actor of our generation. So good. Yeah, so Southside Irish boy. He's he's brilliant. Is he a Southside Irish boy? Yeah. There you go. South side of Chicago. So that's um, movies and TV. So we have spent a good amount of time talking about music thus far. Uh, but if you had to recommend us any music, what might it be? It can be something that we've already talked about or something that has been. This can be out. band, song, album, whatever. Series of free floating notes, you know, no, no. Whatever, Again, so open ended, but. Uh, the War on Drugs has a new album coming out this week. This, well, I guess, whenever you guys post this. But wait, wait, I did not know this. The War yeah. on Drugs have a new album coming out like soon. Yes. Um, oh my God. Let me get the okay. exact date for you. That's that's a big deal. Like, uh, I think it's. I'm gonna say October 13th. Oh man, that's a huge deal because Lost in the Dream and A Deeper Understanding were like yep. phenomenal. Yep. And if you've uh, listen to the they've dropped two singles from the new dropped <laughs> like there <laughs> but um yeah i i've seen them a few times live uh i think both or one time in Chica two times in chicago 
one time in St. Louis, actually the night of the 2014 NLCS, like a little thousand person venue, not even that maybe. And Colton Wong had a walk-off homer to beat the Giants. Anyway, it, it was like a longer game than expected. And they came on and their lead singer, they're from Philly. So he gets on the mic and he's like, I can see all you guys looking at your damn phones. Um, I know you're watching like the Cardinals, you know, in the NLCS or maybe the NLDS. He's like, but uh, you ruined my Phillies, my Phillies juggernaut team with a two, 2011 Ryan Howard Torres ACL, oh. you, Roy Halladay, oh, Oswald, Cliff Lee. Like that was our team. And I, I hope you enjoy your happiness and your beautiful baseball team <laughs> and your continued success. Here's the top. <laughs> and all your success. And it was like one of the best. It's it was one of my top shows. That's hilarious. That That's a great way to ingratiate yourself to the yeah. audience. No, he, War on drugs. Was, is- everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> War on drugs is brilliant. It's like they were able to combine Dire Straits and Bruce Springsteen and into Fox a style. And, and, and yeah. Into, and, uh, into a style and they're brilliant my now wife kind of she's like oh it's all the same and i'm like yeah you're probably right but god it it's definitely good. similar but man <laughs> yeah. it's a good that's like you know uh, what i used to say about the band boston it's like yeah they have two songs they repeat over and over but guess what i love those two songs and i'm fine I, with that i hate boston but one <gasps> of my, my cousin monica has is one of my favorite people in the world and has great music taste and Boston is her favorite band, and she followed them on tour like three years ago. I was like, "Are they still all alive?" She's like, "Of course." Uh, Brad Delp's not lead singer. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's gone. Uh, but yikes. Dude, yikes! Yikes! Dude, he. I mean, Boston. Uh, my my grandfather used to drive limos for bands uh, from the uh, BWI airport to the Cap Center. Uh, and he drove Boston one time, and he said the whole time he drove them in the limo, they were like talking tech talk, because their their guitarist Tom Schultz built. He was like an engineer, and like built his he built everything. Yeah, and he wrote all the songs. He's just he was a brilliant guitarist, brilliant songwriter. Um, all right, the final recommendation. You're gonna love this since you uh, you know love the open endedness <laughs> of this because the final recommendation is miscellaneous. Anything from your life. This can be a practice, a place, a person, a thing, a gadget. What literally anything from your life that you would recommend to somebody else. And again, I and I can't stress it enough. The first thing that pops in your head, no matter how dumb you might think it is, that is what I want to hear. So miscellaneous. Anything at all from your life. I would say that... Uh... Being kind has never steered anyone wrong. And even like, I, I think maybe if you're like a high school kid and you're trying to just be kind to people, you're not going to get the fruits of that labor. Uh, Cause you know, teenagers are assholes and yeah. even maybe through college and even maybe after college and you're never going to like, you might not feel like you're seeing the fruits of that labors, but if you become like a resentful asshole in that process, you're not going to see any fruits either. And I think if you're just, if you're really kind to people, people will acknowledge that and it's going to get you pretty far. That I, I have a little brother who's 10 years younger than me and I'm like, just be kind and don't be judgmental. And I, I think doors will open up for you. Um, yeah. 
be good I, to people, yeah. and, and it, it's going to come back to you. And it, at, at times it might not seem that way, but it, it gets better. I think that's a really good slogan. And, oh, yeah. And the way to get through it is just treat people well. Treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Yeah. I, and, and people will remember even if, you know, if yeah. you were the super nice kid in high school, maybe they don't appreciate it then. But, like, yeah, I, you know, at a college you're going to look back and be like, oh, you know, he was so nice. That was I, a nice guy. Yeah, I took it to, like, the area of where, like, oh, if you're not – you know, feeling like you're in a good place or like you're not popular or something, but also in, even if you're fucking, po- sorry, Jack, again, <laughs> but even if you're like a, a super like popular kid in high school or college, or like you're very successful being kind. Yeah. yeah. Always going to guarantee that no one's ever going to say a bad word about you and it'll just make you be a good person and feel good and contribute to society. And yeah. Um, there's no drawbacks to it, you know. Like, you yeah, know, just... yeah. Well, that's why I. That's why I think this. This may sound kind of silly, but that's why I think um, the show Ted Lasso is is kind of wonderful because it maybe it shows an unrealistic ideal of optimism in the character of Ted Lasso, but it does show a way in which you can react to situations with a kindness where say there's, you know, say there's a scene in which someone is angry that, you know, without spoiling anything, there is a scene where a person is very angry at Ted Lasso and he is saying some pretty mean stuff because he's angry, but it's, but the character of Ted recognizes instead of getting defensive and saying, well, screw you man. And starts and starts yelling the character starts realizing this person is hurting and I, I can, I can receive this and understand that and, and, and give them kindness and just say, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way and that sucks. And, and there's no, what, what, what is a person going to do when they're angry at you and screaming at you? And you're just like, I get it. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's sucks. What are they, they going to do? You can't just be like, wow, because fighting with them is just going to fire them up more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I think that's a great answer. Kindness is I concur. always good. Always good. And what a perfect way, a perfect note to end the show on. So we two and a half hours, wonderful. Well, maybe not a full two and a half because we did have a little bit of a break for our uh, delightful ad read. Less than seven minutes. I think yeah, it's all good. So Anyways, wonderful. Yeah, Thank you so I, I much. My for Raven's teaser bet, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Drew. It uh, just was a joy to have you on, and um, I'm really happy you're able to do it. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, this is a very unique podcast, and I, if I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm glad I listened to past episodes because I came in with a certain comfort. Actually, my, uh, I keep mentioning her Christine she was like oh you have to do a podcast and I thought you didn't have to do Monday Night Podcast anymore I was like I'm actually looking forward to this one because I don't know